Can it crawl inside the human anus undetected? Yes. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. They take off their clothes and then they look at each other naked. Don't you want to see me naked? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, you dicks. Send money. The bowl after bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. So hard. So hard. So hard. Excuse me? What? Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com. That's right, bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Another Tuesday night extravaganza. Yes, happy token Tuesday, bowlers. That's right, open with the pews right on time. Beautiful timing. On the the bowlers, the bowlers are locked in, the boosters are boosting. The joints are being furiously passed around. Uh, just as fast as they can be rolled and replaced and replenished. Things are smoking out. Got it going on the bowl stream, bowl after bowl dot stream. Got it going on the no agenda stream at uh, trollroom.io. Chat is lit. Live item is lit. Yeah. Bowl is lit. Rockin' live in uh, Podverse and Curiocaster. All of that stuff, man. It's exciting times. Exciting times. Things are picking up. Revolutionary. Right. Changing the world. One uh, one new implementation at a time. What can we say? What can we say? It's just the way that things are going. It's just like, uh, you know, you don't want to let be left behind at the bus stop, man. No. You want to be riding that train high on cocaine. Yeah. That's the ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Today's... Well, in the bowl, babe. In the, yeah, in the bowl, baby. Today's a very important day. It is. It's Carolyn Blaney's birthday. That's right. Carolyn, of course, of Hog Story fame. Who? 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 We love her. Yes. And, uh... Very important bowler. We would, uh, come for her. You come for me. If she asked. Oh, yes. Just say when. Come to my fucking door. On my way. (laughs) I'm in tow. (laughs) So, yeah, and then we had the, uh, Kansas City meetup this weekend. Yes. Wow, what a meetup. Kansas City meetup. This one was like supposedly supposed to be like a not everybody could make it type of yeah. one or like a like a low attendance one, but uh, we still pulled pretty good numbers even though uh, a lot of our core regulars couldn't make it. And uh, on top of that, we kind of did a late notice as far as like not only securing the reservation, but also like getting the word out. Yes. And uh, I made a promo for No Agenda Show, but the first time I tried to send it in on the Sunday before, uh, which would have been all the way back on the 22nd, uh, I just biffed it. I've done this uh, several times, you know, by now. I've done it probably at least a dozen times, uh, just emailing in MP3 to Adam. But this time, for whatever reason, it did the autofill, and then I hit, like, an in, like I fat-fingered an in on the end. So it's sent to adam at curry.com and... Mm, dot com and, and I just didn't see the fail. Like every time I send something to the wrong, it, I never see like the fail thing until 
hours or maybe even days later. So that's because you leave all of your uh, emails on red and you just got a stack of emails sitting there all Is the that, time. You think that's why? Yeah, I think you don't see shit because of that. But I, I'm like the equal opposite other end of the spectrum on that because if I have an unread email, I am checking it, I'm reading it, or I am deleting it. Yeah. I don't let unread stuff sit in my inbox. I will, if I need to take action on it later, I will favorite it. My, uh, my unreads are almost like my to-do list, you know? Yeah, see, I, that's how I use the starred emails. I don't use starred. Well, that's the difference between you and me. That's all right. <laughs> you are a starred tard. Starred tard. And I'm an unstarred tard. That's oh, right. <laughs> Great. Get on, uh-oh, C-dubs is telling me to get on zero. I don't know anything about anything, so uh, I don't know. I don't like installing new things. In fact, over the weekend, um, I did install a new thing. Oh, but turns out this one was like a great uh, decision and shout out, I guess, again to cold acid. Oh, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need to shout him out properly here. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> There's a shout out for you. Thank you, A1 Sauce. Um, and thank you, Lorraine, for clipping it. You uh, are most welcome. Clipping it again for me. So I don't know what happened with my first one. Uh, Yes. Cold acid who original. Okay, so. For my mobile driver originally, I think the first thing I ever used was Tusky, right? Tusks for Macedon. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, there was some censorship going on there, wasn't there? There was something like that. Some censorship, or I don't know. It was probably a year and a half ago, or somewhere in that time frame, where Cold Acid shitted upon me for using Tusky. Not really. He shitted upon Tusky, where the shit belongs, and said, if you're using Tusky, you should just try Husky instead. Husky is a different uh, Fetty driver. It's built more for Pleroma than for Mastodon. But uh, the problem with Tusky was they were blocking certain instances. Uh, Servo in the chat tells me they blocked Gab, for instance. I'm sure they blocked yeah. a lot more. Fuck that. Who knows if they blocked the uh, Nazi quadroons over at uh, No Agenda uh, Social, where we live. But at any rate, on Cold Acid's recommendation, I hopped on husky for quite a while and i liked it better than uh tusky for sure mm. had a better experience but over the last few months they've just been they've made updates that have just broken a bunch of the shit i like on there like, yeah no uh, drafts no drafts which messes you up pretty bad yeah because i always schedule my 4 20 a.m toot for the show day right and then you say yeah you gotta have a draft and shit yes and but then with no drafts, like somehow I could schedule it and then it's like saved as a draft to be, you know, tooted at 420. Sure. But if I need to change something, I'm just fucked because there's no drafts available. That's right. That I can go view and change. So also something, and I think that this has happened with Husky since the beginning, but something that's always annoyed the shit out of me is if you're playing uh, any kind of media and then you rotate the screen orientation during it, it starts at the beginning. It starts at the which is a real pain in the ass for, like, if you have a long-form video and then you're, like, holding it in portrait mode and then you set your phone down, like, on the arm of a couch, let's say, and just to, like, have it play for, I don't know, you got, like, a five-minute file and you've, like, listened to the first minute, but then you want to uh, stand up and get a snack or something, I don't know, move to the next room, roll a J, right? And then you set it on the arm of the couch, it's, like, slightly tilted, Oof, goes into landscape mode starts at the beginning of the file. Ugh, that's a pain. What is that all about? And then Husky lately's been turning uh, all the GIFs into MP4s uh, 
and they like they don't loop. Oh boy. So that sucks. Like that's not the behavior I want. No. So at any rate, um, you found a new home. I did find a new home uh, for your mastodon Fetty Lab, which it's funny because I was bitching about Husky and throwing in a fit and saying like I'm getting rid of this shit. It's too much. They broke too much. I just gotta go away. And Cold Acid was like, oh, yeah, he saw me say that, uh, you know, he's the one that got me onto Husky. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, I might have recommended you Husky because you were using Tusky at the time, but I shill Fatty Lab. And I was like, oh, oh well, this is cool. Wow. I wanted to know about that sooner, but I'm sure that I've, uh, this is the thing is, like, I've seen people mention Fatty Lab before. Yeah. But until you're just ready to burn the house down and walk away, um... And of course, C-Dubs has been spamming the bull about Fetty Lab, so you can click any of those links in there, and they'll lead to Fetty Lab. Uh, my experience, and um, I know it's the wrong way to do it, and I'm not fucking based enough on a goddamn phone. I understand that, okay? But uh, fiber, Google Fiber is my ISP, so it's like a little too late for me in a certain sense. But I put it on there through the Play Store. And um, it's like two forty nine, right? And I'm like, yeah, well, two forty nine. I'll check it out. Somehow I had like an auto credit, maybe because of the ISP thing. I had some credits on there because mm. um, I think they just throw some stuff on there every once in a while. But yeah, they were like, oh, here's two bucks credit. So it was forty nine cents. Now you can hop on um, F Droid and install it privately and for free, uh, which is another move that you can make um, if you are. Smarter about privacy than your boy, and it's probably the one that uh, you should do. But Fetty Lab, man, that thing is crazy cool. Uh, my favorite feature, well, let's first of all just talk about it at the basic level. Um, it has a sick dark mode that's like all black. Nice. Um, it has like the dark blue kind of default dark mode, right? But then you can go full black, which I like a lot. That's what I try to put everything in when i use it uh gifts loop because wow. duh you'd want that right um you can rotate the screen while media is playing it doesn't restart at the beginning just keeps playing like you didn't do anything um you can make a draft perhaps you can make and save drafts wow. successfully uh one of the cooler features uh and if you open up the settings like there are ridiculous amount of settings. There's like six or seven options you can choose for the app icon itself. Like that's how ridiculous the that's settings get. pretty ridiculous. But um, within the settings, there's a privacy tab. And in privacy, you can just automatically turn on all of these alternatives. Uh, these alternative privacy-focused front ends for all of the links that people post. So like uh, replace YouTube with NVIDIA.us, NVIDIA's. Replace Twitter with Knitter. Replace Instagram with Bibliogram. Replace Reddit with Libreddit. Nice. So anytime you're scrolling by and uh, somebody else posts those links, it just gets changed to you for you to go to a different link that doesn't track you. That's awesome. Um, it's pretty cool. It's like my favorite feature so far. It's packed with cool stuff, though. And uh, like I said, you can get it through... Uh, I'm sorry. You can get it through where? You can get it on the Play Store, but you should get it on, um, god damn it, now the chat scrolled. FreddyLab.app? F-Droid. F-Droid. <laughs> yeah. But go to the source, uh, 
FettyLab.app. There's a there's another app that Cold uh, Acid said you gotta also install uh, or install Untrack Me, which you by the way have to get on Fdroid, cool. I believe. I don't think that one is uh, in the Google Play. So that pulls uh, YouTube and Twitter to Nvidia's and Knitter Beautiful. through all your apps. Oh, that's awesome. Which is neat. It's tight. So yeah, learn something new this weekend, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah, and uh, I'll make the hop this week. Oh, jeez. And C-Dubs is, <laughs> C-Dubs is dropping these hints as I'm saying them in the chat. I think all these bowlers are on the same page now. So, yeah. Don't do what I do and use the Play Store, please. I'm going to stop soon, someday, I swear. Like, mm. I will eventually give a damn about some Like of five stuff. kids later when we've moved? <sighs> some of it. Some of it. Some of it. You also kind of got to float some of it out there. You know what I mean? Like, I got other... Some of my phones and then these phones and, you know, whatever. Whatever. Whatever, whatever. I do what I want. You gotta have a distraction, you know? Be a matador. You know what I'm saying? This is my red cape. My red cape is my Google Play activity. The bull can charge it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So that's the, uh, that's the thing I did this weekend. Cool. Aside from also gardening. Yep. Helped your dad. Yes, indeed. Good old pop. Put together another, uh, box. A raised bed. Yeah. For strawberries. That's right. He's going to grow some of those. And he's already got his tomatoes going. He's got his uh, raspberry bush in the ground, blueberry bush in the ground, and blackberries blossoming around the pond. Pretty freaking cool. Yeah. It's a great spot he's got up there, man. Yep. Yep. But uh, let's see. You moved your farm truck that you've been leaving up there. I did. I, I moved it and got it stuck and then... After your dad was like, let me weed whack you a path. You got to tell the whole story, you know? Yeah, my dad, he was like, you want me to weed whack a path through there? And I was like, nah, that's cool. Because you were driving over where the pond kind of spills out, right? And yeah, I was. it was like through the spillway there. And what I should have done was just like walked it first because then I would have known, oh, this water is like too deep to be able to slam it through. And I also had the kids in the bed, so I couldn't like hot dog it across. I think that would have been another way to make it is just to like take it at a good speed and just zoom across. But with the kids in the back, I'm just about to do that. Yeah. So yeah, got the thing fucking stuck. What are you gonna do? What Get you gonna it do? unstuck. Yeah, had to call my buddies the next day and push it out. And thank God we did, because today, uh, my dad sent me a picture of what's going on over there, and it's basically like a, a little creek now. Oh yeah, that would have stunk. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but now you owe your dad mowing that second half of his acreage because that was his plan for this weekend was maybe getting the mower stuck where you got the truck stuck, but then you were there to help him unstuck the mower. But since the truck turned into a two day project, didn't get the mower over there, and look at it now. Now it rained. It's all wet. He's gonna have to wait to mow. Yeah, well, for shame. But we you got the truck unstuck so before we left. All these secret plans, man. And. Secret plans that you only uh, hear about once you ruin them. Uh, Kansas City meetup happened on Sunday. Oh, yes. So we decided to go up to your pops right after that because he made it to the meetup, which was really cool. It was a very blustery day, though, I will say. By the way, love to see Mike, who was not able to make it. Yes. And um, he was he was taking care of his dad. Yep. The... Uh, pork butt that we brought. He did get to taste that, though. Good. We sent uh, Dame Blackhammer home with some pork butt. That had to be one of the top three butts you've smoked. It, it was, was so good. Damn good. It came out just like I like it. 
Yeah. Like a nice crispy bark, but everything just absolutely falling apart, tender. God, it was it was off the chain. We were spoiled. There was cake. There was ice cream cake. There was cookies. New faces. Yes, new folks. Some folks. Uh, Brinkamania made it. Brinkamania. All the way up from Springfield. Yep. I think that he met, I think they did their meetup today. Oh, down cool. Down in Springfield, I'm pretty sure. Something close to that. I think it was today. And uh, heck, maybe we have the same uh, day meetup report. Yeah. On. Most likely. Yeah. So he's going to sound like he's in two places at once. <laughs> well, he basically fun. was. <laughs> and we had a lad from uh, Columbia drive over. Yes. And uh, a few new faces from the KC area, too. So it was cool to see some new peeps. Yeah, that's exciting. Especially when they bring their human resources. Yeah. And yep. there was a playground there, so the kids had a great goddamn time. Absolutely did. Unbeatable. Um, And the chickens survived overnight without us shutting the yeah. coop door. So that was exciting. Well, they go back in that coop either way, so... Yeah. Tonight, when I shot them before the show, two were sleeping on the bar like normal chickens. All right. They're learning. And then it was one in each nesting box. They're learning. So at least they all have their own space tonight. Yes, they are learning. That's good. Adapting. Uh, And speaking of chickens, if you're in the Kansas City area and you're looking for pasture-raised chickens, Douche Bar, uh, who you can find on No Agenda Social is selling some for four bucks a pound, the whole chicken. They're like three to six pounds per bird. And last time I checked, he had 70 available, but I'm sure that number's gone down. Yes. Uh, And they're processing them in two weeks, June 12th. So you got to be able to come and pick it up. We're picking ours up. We will have a link for his uh, No Agenda Social account in the show notes. So you can hit him up there. And uh, give him a deposit and he'll save the chicken for you. Yep. Eight bucks a bird. That's what he's asking. And he's taking cash, check, card, PayPal, Venmo, and crypto. I sent him a Bitcoin for bird. Sweet. Over lightning. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, We had an epic Friday night. Bulls with Buds. Yes, we did. God, what a night. Uh, we had oh, what a night. A triple bem rosing uh, from the likes of... Ryan, Lisa, and Bamlet. Yes, it was epic. So, Sir Bimrose, Dame Bimrose, the Bimlet. All in the bowl. All ganging in the bowl. It was a great time. You can find that at bowlswithbuds.com. And for a peek ahead, uh, those of you looking in CurioCaster for upcoming programs will already know that this Friday we'll be sitting down again with Illuminatia. Woohoo! Yep. So good. I'm so, so excited. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, Getting Illuminati back in the bowl. Our boys both turned one last week, so it'll be good to check in on her and see how everybody's doing. Yeah. Kind of the kind of what we wanted to do, so. Yep. And then only other news I got for personal crap tonight is that I finally booked, <laughs> I finally got an appointment to see the our midwife. Yes. Yep. Because the damn insurance kicks in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And then she's out of town this week. But she's like, I'll see you next week. I was like, hell yeah, that's fine. Works for me because I forgot about our chiropractor appointment changing too because of the holiday. So it all worked out. It did indeed. Did indeed. Not that anyone cares. (laughs) 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 But I'll have a, yeah. And oh yeah, it's going to be Tuesday night before the show. So I will have a midwife report. Tight. See what's good over there. Excellent. If she knows anything, which I'm sure she does. You know what's good here uh, is all of the bowlers that help us out 
by putting this show together and in so many different ways, so many different uh, inputs that you can kind of return value. It's this whole concept of value for value. And uh, we think it's pretty important to kind of recognize and show gratitude to all the people that come together uh, every week and help us do that. Yeah, they produce the show. They produce the show. The bowlers are producers. And, you know, it's it's like so many different ways that you can do it. It starts with a tiny thing called passing the bowl. Uh, that's how podcasts spread. Everybody talks about discovery. Everybody talks about... Yeah. Uh, Marketing. Oh, how do I grow my audience? <laughs> and it's like, you can sign up for all these fucking microservices or macro services that uh, spam your shit everywhere and um, get you download numbers go up. But that to us is not um, really value. We're trying to build value and build community. Yes. And the way that is done is the same way. I mean, it's like we came up as uh, stoners and passing the bull is something of significance, right? Because it's a, it's a little faith and trust. It's a little bit of pre-vetting. It's a little bit of like getting to know a person first and like asking them the right questions and then being like, oh yeah, you're probably cool, right? And you wouldn't pass the bull to somebody who's not cool, right? That's the thing about these uh, grow your audience things. It's like, we don't necessarily need everybody, no, the bowl is not a good fit for everybody. Listening, right? Like every week and stuff. Like we don't really want to push our stuff on people who aren't jazzed about it or aren't going to receive it well. Just like you wouldn't pass a bowl to somebody who would give you a frowny face over it, you know? This thing is for a certain crowd, you know? And it's not for another crowd. And it's not to say that that other crowd is bad people or whatever. It's just like we don't want to impede on their stuff, right? No ear raping here. But if you're cool, pass that bowl, man. Pass the bowl to who's cool. That's another reason the value for value system works so well. It's not a numbers chase uh, sales force type game. Uh, it's real value and real community with people who uh, really do receive something from it. So we try to put it in every week. There's no paywalls. There's no read, uh, written sponsorship ads that we got to read. Uh, we, you know, talk about That's our right. friends and stuff we use. We talk about whatever the hell we want. We talked about Fetty Lab earlier. You know, that's just like a personal experience thing. And some people in the community recommended it to us. That kind of thing. You know, it frees us up to talk about the stuff we actually like. And uh, it also frees us up to complain sometimes when things go wrong. And we don't have to feel obligated to say or not say anything in particular. That's right. We do uh, feel obligated to name and thank people who go a step further than passing the bowl and send some sort of value uh, in the form of time, talent, and treasure. And we like to start the show off with the treasure and thank people and, uh, you know, just kind of talk about what's coming in. So, without further ado on all of that, the PayPal this week we had one uh, bowler slide in, and that is a 333 spot Woo! from our buddy A1 Sauce. Yeah, thanks, A1 Sauce. So, thank you, sir. Yeah, and check out his podcast, The Spoken Word, at thesource.io. I will have a link in the show notes. There you have. We we have some great ISOs from his show. Yeah, we just... Quality. Uh, for those guys who missed last week, we had some... Sir Spencer, name the Lord. Some really good ones in here. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. We also uh, have been big proponents with running out front with the scissors. 
And uh, what I mean by that is podcasting 2.0, the cutting edge of how you can uh, in real time share value with your favorite uh, shows, your favorite podcasts that are value enabled. All you got to do is uh, take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com and all of the podcast apps there that support the value tag are what you're looking for. So click apps at the top and click value and then you'll get a list of all these different apps that you can try out. Try several of them out, you know, see which one you like the best. Uh, Podverse just added boosting abilities. I haven't got in to try the boost part of it yet, so I'll try to do some of that this week. I've had my hands so full uh, with work stuff lately, but I'm getting back on that uh, horse and riding. But the beautiful thing about this is you can send tiny little pieces of Bitcoin, and you can attach a message to them, and that's what we call boostograms. And that's what these boosters here did that I'm about to read, starting off with a couple that uh, came in after we signed off with the Ben Roses. Uh, and the first over that uh, weekend section was a 1337, the Leap Boost from Mere Mortals podcast. Woo! He was boosted in episode 163, the boss battle, and he's asking, is there somewhere that we can see this infamous jeans hole with winky <laughs> face or without disappointed face, ass attached? <laughs> so uh, I totally forgot to that I t- did take a picture of the jeans. Um, we didn't take one while my ass was still in them. Oh, because you did such a quick change on the steps while your buddy was in the car. Yeah. And by buddy, I mean student. Right. <laughs> Former student. Former student. No longer student. Once they graduate, they're kind of not your students, I think, in a sense. Mm. Plus, this guy's like older than me, you know? Oh, I didn't know that. So there's that extra layer of it. It's so funny because we like call everybody the kids or our kids or whatever, <laughs> but like they're all grown ass adults, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Like the youngest among them maybe are college kids, but there'd be like a couple, couple three in any in class. Uh, but yeah, Kyron, the, uh, the jeans hole. I might put a link, or I might put a picture in the show notes. He's talking about, of course, the uh, story that opened up last Tuesday's uh, episode, episode 163. Uh, Unfortunately, no ass attached, and I would gladly put my ass back in them and take another picture, (laughs) but uh, as you'll hear, uh, the story ended. I no longer have those jeans. (laughs) They're gone. Uh, But yeah, there's a picture uh, of the jeans and the hole that was in them. Yes. Rest in pieces. Rest in pieces. Uh, thirty-three, thirty-three from Signs of New Growth. Woo! Thanks, Signs of New Growth. Thank you so much. Uh, four threes. There we go. And uh, yeah, that was episode one sixty-four. Bulls with buds, the Bem Roses. Uh, that Signs of New Growth boosted. We appreciate that. Uh, I've got a song that we're going to collaborate on. Abel and the Wolf and Signs of New Growth. Oh, I might have heard that teased on Abelcraft. uh, That's coming up. Friday, which was very exciting that there was an Abelcraft. Yeah, we got the the band back together for an (laughs) Abelcraft. How do you like that? I like it. (laughs) I like it a lot. Been missing him. Uh, And we've been like planning and then I totally biffed on uh, last Monday. Like we had a slot scheduled then I just forgot. So that last one was 100% on me. Well, now you have to do it weekly to make up for it. Felt god-awful. Yeah, we'll try to do a few more, like, banging, banging, banging to kind of catch things up. 4269 from Harv Hat. Woo! Thanks, Harv Hat. Nice combo of numbers there. He was uh, pre-boosting the live tag from Uh, CurioCaster. The old pre-boost. That's right. 
Uh, then from uh, Mr. Lavish, we had a... 69! 69, dudes! Woo! Thanks, Lavish. So uh, he gave us that out of Fountain, saying getting pre-boost all over the place. <laughs> and uh, we celebrated his birthday, actually, on the uh, at the No Agenda Meetup. That's right. We sure did. We gave him a birthday toast. So if you felt that right around, I don't know, uh, two in the afternoon, uh, left coast time, that's what it was, is us toasting you at the uh, park there in Kansas City. Around four here. Around four, 420 here, you know, something like that. You know. Uh, 5,000 sats out of Fountain again. Uh, we just say, um, Phoenix says penis. <laughs> so there you have it. That is somebody's penis. Thank you, Phoenix. Uh, t- 2753 Fountain from Boobery. Woo! The, uh, known boosting maniac, uh, also known as Zosobi Booberry, Freak of Hazard, Mothman and the Miniocalypse, and the Horror of Yig. We want to get real technical. We always want to get real technical when it comes to boobs. And uh, he says, don't you want to see me boosting? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit, yes. <laughs> oh, shit, yes. Um, 5,000 more sats from Phoenix who says, oh, no, wait, this this 5,000 is from <coughs> Thor the Wonder Hammer who says, boost me, bitch. Whoa. <laughs> boost me, bitch. Well, thank you, Thor the Wonder Hammer and Booberry and Phoenix. Uh, out of fountain there. I didn't realize until recently that uh, those little logos that come with the uh, helipad there, you can click on those and go to the site. Like uh, the CurioCaster logo sends you to CurioCaster.com. The fountain sends you to Fountain FM. Very cool. I'm trying to scroll down to Boost CLI. Oh, yeah. Boost CLI goes to the uh, repo on GitHub. Nice. So tight. That's awesome. Um, And then to round it off for the uh, boost so far. We have a boost from Boostberry again, who says, pedal to the floor, baby. And uh, he included a link. Ooh, what could it be? A blind uh, go with the link. Oh, here Boobery wants some action. Boobery wants some action. Booberry wants action and gets action. That's an amazing story, man. Hell yeah. I like the meme that accompanied that. Oh yeah, the little Scarface thing going on. Yeah, with a pile of blow. So there you go. You can get creative with it. With the Boostergram, you can attach uh, little clips. You can attach stuff. Uh, maybe we even play it. Who knows? Who knows, man? Everything's changing so rapidly with these scissor running games, man. Uh, one guy falls on the scissors, realizes that it uh, didn't stab him. Like he thought it would, and then discovers a whole new thing going on. Heck yeah. Lots of uh, integration coming on with video streaming right now. Pew! People are pulling in NA tube and stuff. Oh, there's a big boost from Boost CLI. Woo! 420 from C Dubs. Thanks, C Dubs. And yeah, I love that little link, dude. The link. It's like, it's the little tiny things, you know? It's yes. the little things. Pew! <laughs> Perfect. Pew timing. Phoenix loves foe and boy. And says, drip the dip all over my face. Wow. All over. Yeah. Yeah. We'll drip that dip. Get your face over here. Can't reach it from that far. That's true. It was all a dream. Okay. Man, we were rocking them. So thank you, everybody, uh, supporting the boosts throughout, you know, the week. And um, 
also in the live show. It makes for a fun, fantastic time. And uh, it's a way to kind of be interactive with us. That's right. Reach out and grab us. Make a little noise on our show uh, as we're going along. Yeah, it's fun. Gotta get some them, input in there. Gotta get them custom sounds going. Hopefully yeah. I can uh, get together and powwow on that. Yeah. Um, the guys up behind the schemes are rocking I know. the custom sounds. They're murdering it. Slaughtering goats and shit. They're murdering it. Yeah, we got a we got a serious to do list to catch up, including uh, you. I don't know if you heard, but uh, tomorrow was the hundredth rare encounter. Oh yes, I remember. So uh, that should be something interesting. Yeah, sure we can send them a hundred or something. Figure it out. Yep, we'll figure it out. Um, what else is going on behind the schemes? Hundreds coming up too. Yeah, next week, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And they're also having uh, Dave Jones on live after uh, No Agenda on Sunday. Yes. I do believe, I do believe, I do believe. So, just uh, because. That should be a fantastic show, fantastic time. And, uh, and yeah. send Booberry your questions. Yeah. For Dave Jones. Figure it out. Get your questions in. I'm making a list and then you I'll should, uh, send a bunch in at once. You should be coming up with some good questions. Uh, 300 for Hog Story is also fast approaching. Yes. We got our work cut out for us. A couple hundreds to warm up for 300. That'll yep. be good. That'd be good. Uh, 169 of Bull After Bull is coming out in a couple weeks, too, so. Yep. Yeah, it's going to get weird. It's going to be a weird month. June. June is going to be off the chain. June is my birthday. We are, of course, right now um, still celebrating uh, Carolyn's birthday as we speak. And the Gemini time, I mean, Lavish's birthday was uh, on Sunday. The Gemini time is just absolutely astounding. My favorite time. So many Geminis here, too. Of course, the wolf cub. Oh, yeah. Fellow Gemini. That uh, late May Gemini thing. It's good. It's awesome. Yeah. Good shit. And if you want to contribute value, there's more ways, too, than just sending treasure or passing the bowl to a friend. Uh, You can make art. You can send us ISOs, clips, funny things, funny stories. Uh, And also, you can just pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 And the play of force will Yeah, call and say hi or answer our weekly first time I ever topic this week. We want to hear about the first time you ever saw a condom. Yeah, that's right. First time you ever saw a condom. You can also text if you're voice shy. Uh, you can text 816-607-3663. It'll still come through. And uh, we'll hear it. Unscreened. That's right. Unscreened and uh, Charlie Sheened. Unprotected. You, uh, so now it's time for... Oh, yeah, you want to build that node. If you haven't already. And if you have, you probably want to build another one. That's right. That's how I'm feeling. Nodes, man. Nodes, you can, uh, once you get a node going, it's like, whoa, I want to I want to get more nodes going. Right now, uh, 3,150 sats is what a dollar can get you, a USD. And uh, who knows? Who knows if the 20s are gone? Saw a climb. Saw a climb in the last couple of days in the, in the price. And uh, I don't really know. Like, uh, I got some smash buys in in the dip, but once the dry powder sort of ran a little bit thin, um, 
just kind of been watching. But I think uh, I got a chuckle at some of the folks because I see a lot of, uh, oh, we're waiting for the real dip. And, you know, it's possible to miss out on the 20s. Now, I'm not saying the 20s are gone for good. I hope we get a couple more uh, opportunities to smash by in the 20s. But I don't know. I don't know. As we get closer to the halving, you know. Wait soon, and see. Soon when the halving, uh, that's in a couple years, when the uh, block rewards cut in half yet again, then uh, we just get a jump because we get a uh, slowing of the uh, supply. And then all of a sudden you see uh, some action. So that'll be the fun time. That'll be the fun time. I uh, I don't think the 20s are gone forever right now personally, but the fact that they could be is always a little bit of a mind tickle, let's say. And uh, yeah, it's just a good time. It's just a good time. Because see, sometimes on the 31, when you get that first upswing, then you get a bunch of panic buys, which is the most hilarious spot to be in as a panic buy. Um, but that's that's a great thing. You, you know, you can't really go wrong. Nope. Can't really go wrong. Because by the time a couple of years rolls around, get another happening in, all of this will be old territory. It will be like those other blips when you zoom out on the map. Like, you can see the old cycles, and they're pretty hilarious. Because everybody went through this same um, meltdown, and uh, the sky is falling, and uh, Bitcoin is dead. <laughs> we did this, like... We did this around the $500 mark. We did it again around the $2,000 mark when it went back down, you know? So Yep. Eh, we do it again now at the in the 20s. In the 20s. So it's good. It's fun. I love it. I love it. It keeps going. Uh, in actual news about uh, some developments, we are putting a dream team together to make a god dang uh, music app already. So I got into a lot more details on it in the latest Ablecraft. You can search Ablecraft, all one word, on the podcast index for that show. Uh, A-B-L-E-K-R-A-F-T. And there will be a link in the show notes. And uh, yes, that is the way That is the way you want to go. Check that out there. But uh, I'm going to have a couple of different meetings regarding it. One, um, just kind of a virtual one with the developers to kind of lock in on a, a stack to use to build it in. But I, th- I think that I already have some strong ideas on it. But until it's official, uh, I won't announce that part yet. And I'm also meeting uh, with some musicians. That'll be tomorrow to Ooh. kind of talk about uh, the onboarding process and really uh, get down to the nitty gritty of what things look like and how we how we can uh, make it easier for uh, artists to jump on board and if that includes you know finding somebody who can really talk to Bandcamp in a smart way uh the last podcasting 2.0 they talked about hey maybe Bandcamp can help artists on board and they would just be like making feeds and hosting mp3s and dealing with whatever license or things they already deal with like just rolling that over into podcasting 2.0 and providing a, a rss feeds for albums that they host that would be pretty lit and uh, would help kind of generate more stuff to pull into a music app. Sure. Um, but I don't think, like, I'm not the ambassador for that kind of thing. It needs to be uh, maybe somebody a little bit more enveloped in the music scene, I think. And I'm too far in the dev side of things, I think. I don't know. Plus, I'm plus I'm trying to keep, you know, head down focus on the app side, too. So I just don't have, like, a message refined yet for that you know, talking to other people about spinning up the feeds and all this good stuff. But Decentralizing the music. Exactly. Hopefully, uh, 
hopefully my meeting at, uh, tomorrow will kind of allow us to carve out some better language and sort of teach teach each other how to talk about it, you know? Because there's, there's definitely a gap for me talking about it because uh, I'm too technical with it. And then there's also kind of a, a gap on the musician side because they're not technical enough with it. And I'm trying to maybe bridge that gap tomorrow at this meeting. Well, I can't wait to hear the wolf on the prowl report. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should uh, bring a little mic. Or at least a notepad. Oh, it definitely would be a notepad. <laughs> There'll be several notepads, but yeah, should be, it should be interesting. Yeah, it's cool when you're talking to musicians out in the wild, too. Everyone gets excited about it. No doubt. Because it's just like, oh, I can get true value for my music. I have to cut it with someone or... I think... Um, get pennies on the play. The awesomeness that has come out of... Uh, Releasing our album, Abel and the Wolf, has been that it's freely available still, and it will be forever, and that will remain true as long as I keep it hosted on my hosting service. It's cool because we programmed the money, so that means as long as I keep my note on, and Abel keeps his note on, and the artists keep their notes on, they get the splits as they come in, as people still listen to it and send yes. stuff. Um, it's cool because you can program anybody into there. It doesn't have to be an album artist. It doesn't, you know, it can be a soloist. It can be, uh, the actual studio producer. It can be anybody. Uh, the fact that it's permissionless, if you have music already in your catalog, you can throw it up right now. Um, I think that that is just the missing ingredient is like an app that is music forward to consume it in because the podcasting experience is so different. Uh, when you're trying to listen to an album, and then you get a podcast forward experience to listen to that album in. It just is not as intuitive. It doesn't make as much sense. So I think that this is one sense of chicken and egg where we really do need an app just to show people, oh, look, I'm going to pull this album up in a music app. Like that's what we haven't been able to really provide people with when we're talking about Abel and the Wolf, right. Abel Kirby and I, you know, when we're showing people our album or when we're explaining where you can listen to our album. And then you got to tell them to download a podcast app. And then there's all these podcasts. Like, it's just, it's tough. Because then you can't find other albums super easily, you know. Yeah. So we're going to try and solve all of those problems uh, with the app. Yeah. And even if it's something just rudimentary, basic. Like, we need something out there just to be like, here, here's a start. And then, hey, maybe somebody comes along and sees that and develops a better app, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that's one of the many hopes. Get but, the ball rolling. Yeah, I think that... The app also, what we decided uh, in the last week, is the app has to include some sort of a musician onboarding experience as well. And uh, uh, we've got Stephen B. hopefully uh, helping us out on this project, and oh, maybe nice. we can bake in some of that uh, Sovereign Feeds uh, functionality he already has to be able to make you know, a Sovereign Feeds app or use you know, his webhooks in our app to be able to just say, oh, yeah, point to your feed. Point to your, uh, you know, point to your feed. We'll add it to the index, and then your stuff will just pull in. Boom. Sweet. But uh, yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, that's exciting. Because I think that's the only that's the biggest bummer about playing. Um, Stay a while. Your album on a podcast player is just you got to click every song because every song is like an episode of right. a podcast, and so they don't. It doesn't just seamlessly flow together like you want an album. Yeah, to exactly. roll along. Exactly. And then, you know, you want to be able to add it maybe to a playlist or something. Like, there's other stuff you want to have for functionality that, uh, you know, 
that's just not to be expected in a podcast app. I mean, you don't want it in a podcast app, and you do want it in a music app. So that's a, that's just uh, that's what we're working on. Yeah, that's exciting. That's kind of my that's kind of my shit stain for this week. Yeah, and the clip slit, right? The clip slit <laughs> is gonna be pushed to the back burner. I, know. I was uh, just giving you shit because of this, you know. Yeah, because I would rather if I had my choice between the two. Rather have the music app because it's going to be a lot more. Now the clip slit's going to be sick, and it's going to happen. It's already. I have it in a few things, and the problem is I pulled it into uh, my new machine, and there was a bunch of fucking breaking changes, and so I have to go back and iron all of those out. So mm. you know, I was this close to the finish line, and now I'm like this far from the finish line. Yeah, but thanks, thanks for. Bringing that back up. Oh, it's good to talk about it, though. Uh, Boost came in. Uh, 6969 Curiocaster live from Carolyn, the birthday girl, by oh, the way. yeah. Who says, the 20s, Art Deco, hats, gloves, excitement. Woo! So, thank you. 69! 69, dudes! Thanks, Carolyn. Uh, 321 sats from C-dubs on Boost CLI saying, Linux or die. Uh, he's also sending 69 for a one-time at Bandcamp <laughs> nice and another 110 just to say pew pew thanks c-dubs well pew to you too that's what i have to say all of those coming out of boost cli which he wrote himself look at that pretty cool shit my man pretty cool shit if you want to boost from your own node using the command line interface then boost cli is what you want it's, pr- it's pretty sick go straight from the source that's the way yeah i think i'm gonna be dabbling in react this week yes that's what i heard that's right. I'm going to so, teach you a couple of things. So see, maybe I can just take over the Clipslip project. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Actually. Because I know you're off to different worlds, but Clipslip is something I'm very interested in. My biggest thorn in my side when it comes to development is I just am not that great at soloing something. Yeah. Uh, and even if I'm working with one other person in tandem, like I can get so much more done faster and explain myself and then... Uh, offload some of the coding part, you know, and then I can also focus on design where I'm kind of a little bit stronger and other people can maybe pick up the slack that I have in back end and uh, it all just comes together so much more beautifully. Yeah. You just need an accountability partner. It's that, but it's also like just another set of eyes or another mind of like bounce things off of or like when things go wrong, like... Yeah. When I've worked with people, it's been so surprising, like, some of the things that they're like, well, why don't we try this? Or, like, I was going to approach it this way. Like, things that I wouldn't ever think of, you know? Things that I would just be, like, banging my head against the screen wondering, like, all right, what's the next step? How do I get from here to here? Um, it's it's wild. It's wild. Working well, working with um a team of two to, I don't know, probably the biggest team I ever worked with was, like, a dozen. And, um... It just it just seems to like be actually where I shine and thrive because I can keep the communication going with everybody too and like um, just inspiration that kind of stuff. But soloing for me is just very yeah. difficult. Well, hey, I designed a table with you, so yeah. Well, this week we'll uh, have you make an API and have you make a React app to okay. consume an API. And maybe I'll finish my Python book, and maybe. then I should be good to go, right? Yeah, then you can take over the world. Yeah. yeah. Then sure. I can make a robot to do all my house chores. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But that would be cool. Someday. One step at a time, man. That's how we do it. Yeah. Is that all the cocaine shit stain this that week? It is, Oh, indeed. dang. We blew through that pretty fast. 
Just kidding. <laughs> it was more cocaine than shit stain, and so it was kind of enjoyable. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know what else is enjoyable? What's that? Finding magic numbers all over the place. Oh, yeah. Was there a mess of them this week? It was messy. A big old mess of them. Uh, first of all, the Hoover Dam power production is down 33%, officials say. And I guess, you know, the South, United States Southwest is facing a mega drought with Lake Mead at only 30% fullness. Yeah. They could have taken some of our rain, Jeebus. <laughs> we We're like flooded over here. Got a bit. River's pretty high over here. Yeah. So right now, uh, the Hoover Dam is producing enough power or enough electricity for about 675,000 homes, which is down a million homes from their peak production. Oof. Yep. And according to the officials in this story, that's this is the 23rd year of drought conditions. So in 10 more years, it's going to be a huge news story. Yeah, no doubt. 33 years of drought conditions. 33 years of drought. Yeah. So I didn't realize Las Vegas is powered in part by the Hoover Dam after they switched entirely to renewable energy in 2017. But only 22% goes to Nevada, then 20% to Arizona, and 50% to California. So with the lowering of water at Lake Mead, there's been all these uh, boats and personal watercrafts that had sunk down there being exposed, which is kind of cool. You know, walking, seeing all these treasures popping up. And one thing someone found was a barrel filled with human remains. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's always a good story. And of course, they're like, geez, this could have been down there for four decades. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, never know. Uh, the Biden-Harris administration announced a $33 million infrastructure investment to address legacy pollution and spur good-paying jobs on public lands. Oh, boy. I'm just reading the headline word for word here, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, but the money comes from their bipartisan infrastructure law, in all capitals, uh, which is supposed to pull together about $250 million in resources for fixing the public lands. And uh, specifically here, they want to remediate and reclaim orphaned oil and gas wells in national parks, forests, wildlife refuges, and other public lands. And they had a list of 277 of them that currently pose a threat to human health and safety. So uh, that's expected to begin immediately, which I find shocking and surprising, as uh, government projects usually don't start immediately. But, hey, they got the money, so $33 million. This is ready to go, I guess. Then, uh, this past week, I saw the story that Hong Kong churches dropped their Tiananmen uh, tributes after 33 years amid fear of arrest. Oh, boy. Yes. Um, That's messed and, up. Yeah, the church services were pretty much the last way to publicly mark that 1989 bloody incident of China's crackdown. Um, so... What happened was, starting in 2020, Beijing started imposing some national security laws. I'm sure that the coup had nothing to do with that in the no. lockdowns and stuff. Uh, but they've used this crackdown to snuff out pro-democracy demonstrations, candlelit vigils. And uh, they even forced the Tiananmen Museum to close... And pulled down statues that were created to remember the event. Jeez. And the lives lost. So, yeah. Fuck China. Yeah. 
Right in the front hole. Yeah. Also this week, I saw a story. Um, a Bronx drill rapper and 33 others were indicted on 65 counts of attempted murder and additional charges. Whoa. Yes. Uh, those additional charges included conspiracy to commit murder, attempted murder, attempted assault, animal cruelty misdemeanor after live streaming, beating a pigeon to death with a cane. Jesus. They live streamed it on Facebook Live, of course. Get Where's Mike Tyson? Where's Mike Tyson? I got the perfect punishment for those motherfuckers. Uh, and criminal possession of a weapon. So they are all affiliated with the Bloods. Um, this indictment was related to six shootings that happened in and around the River Park Towers Complex, which is an apartment building in the Highbridge neighborhood, neighborhood of the Bronx. Mm. Uh, and of those six shootings, only one shot injured a rival gang member. Oops. It did not state if any uh, bystanders or passers-by or anyone else was injured, but um, it did talk a lot about just spraying, you know, just yeah. drive-bys and all that shit, so I'm sure other people got hurt. It's tough to hit a target accurately from a moving vehicle. It's tough to hit a target accurately if you're holding your firearm sideways. Oh, yeah, or with one hand. <laughs> it's a lot of, uh, of self-imposed handicaps when it comes to gang style. Yeah. Firearms usage. Running and just being, shooting into buildings. That's another thing that I see a lot. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's sure. You're definitely going to hit someone. It's probably not going to be who you want to hit. But hey, you made a statement, right? I guess so. I guess that's cowards. the point, right? Fucking cowards. Anyways, these indictments follow the RICO, or racketeer-influenced and corrupt organizations, uh, involving two Georgia rappers. So... And it was funny, the well, it's not really funny. Ha, ha, ha. But the not funny haha ha, and not funny queer. Maybe a little queer, but the DA in this case is a crip. No. <laughs> no. Made a statement about that would be funny. He might be nice crippled. Execution. You're doing terrific. But the statement uh he or she made in this case, I believe it's a man, said, uh, we're doing all we can to battle the gun scourge. But more must be done to do scourge. <laughs> <Is it> scourge? <laughs> scourge. Yes, it's then scourge. Why is like, it there an O in there? It's like Scourge McDuck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> more must be done to deviate young people from a life of gangs and senseless <laughs> violence. I'm calling on rappers from the Bronx to stop using music to encourage shootings and use it to better the community. I am asking to have a summit with aspiring rappers and the rap stars who come from the Bronx record companies, radio stations, and social media so we can find solutions to prevent further violence. That's right. One, two, one, two. Yeah. Fuck you, Burger King. Fuck you, Pizza Hut. Fuck you, Burger King. Fuck you, Pizza Hut. That's right. Yeah, I'm sure it'll work. It's Not. Our, it's our new rap summit. It's yeah, rap. fucking embarrassing! A rap summit. And then finally, uh, I don't know if this is six or what of my top three plus 33 stories tonight, but it didn't fit on the lanes. 33 Alabama ministers were named on a sexual abuser list that was released by a Southern Baptist church. So, but what the headline doesn't say is these are all former, former, former. affiliated folks, you know? And, uh, geez, the list had, there was 205 pages with 700 names. So, uh, all these were ministers and church personnel either accused or convicted of sexual abuse crimes. Some go back to the 1990s. And all the names of these 33 folks were included in this article 
except for two, which were redacted. And I found that quite interesting. Like, how do you get your name redacted when you're on this public offender list? Redacted from a, redacted from a news story. I don't know. Maybe you got friends. Yeah. Maybe you're sexually harassing the editor-in-chief or something <laughs> in a way that they like, you know? Maybe. That's all I could think. Maybe you're uh, sending a fee somewhere, like how you get your house blurred out on Google Street View. Ah, yeah. That could be too. It's got to pay a lad. Most yeah. most things happen when you pay a lad. Got to pay the troll toll. Yeah. If you want to get into that boy's soul. Anyways, uh, people are coofing this week too. Oh God, really? And on top of coofing, <coughs> oh shit! I don't know if you saw, but thirty three countries have reported six hundred and fifty cases of mysterious hepatitis in kids. Uh oh. Yeah, it finally hit thirty three countries this week. Not just thirty three kids, which had already happened. Mm. Yep, 75% of them below the age of five. Oh, God. And then, of course, you know, the WHO steps in, and they rule, saying that they're ruling out the hypothesis that and this m- weird hepatitis is in any way related to the COOF jab, because, of course, it's kids like 5 to 11 who were mm-hmm. onboarded for the jab. Uh, but I thought, well, what about if they were breastfed in the past few years or if they had close contact to parents who were fully boosted? You never know. I don't think you can just rule it out Oh no! when no, we don't know safe. everything. Can't be from the jab because that's safe and effective. So Yeah. Or what about the, the coof itself? You know, I don't know. Because they did say that um, some of these kids tested positive for adenovirus. Mm. Which is a super common group of infections uh, from, you know, it's like causes colds and sometimes eye infections, I guess. Um, but it's never caused hepatitis before, you know, uh, I guess, especially in kids that don't have weakened immune systems. Right. And it's a pretty strange side effect to get from a fucking cold. Oh, sorry, you're hep positive now. And it's this weird, mysterious type. It's not A through Z or whatever else they've already identified. So at least 38% of these kids need a transplant now. Liver transplant. Oh, my God. And nine of them have died. That's so terrible. So, yeah, this is bad news. Uh, 222 were in the United Kingdom and 216 were in the United States. So it's a... Under investigation by the very capable who. Oh, well, they'll surely get to the bottom of this. Oh, yeah. I, and I'm sure we'll get a um, truthful, objective answer as yeah. to what's causing it. Yeah, of course. With all the evidence to back it up. Probably not, but... Super yeah. transparent and all of that, yeah. Yeah, I'm a real genuine optimist. <laughs> um, Hey, you heard about coof paranoia causing murders? Not yet. Yeah, me neither until this week when a Londoner was jailed for 33 years after butchering his Stockwell landlords during lockdown. What the fuck? Yeah. He was real worried about catching the coup from him and paying rent on time. Yeah. And uh, he was living in a situation where this couple was subletting rooms in their home to five other folks, him included. And, yeah, one day he just snapped and stabbed him to death. Jesus. So he admitted manslaughter but denied murder, claiming he was mentally ill at Uh, the time. Ah, that's helpful. I will say, if you just turn on the boob tube and consume, 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 
you are at high risk of becoming mentally ill and believing you need to talk to your doctor about getting a certain pill. That's what the TV does. You know, if you listen to it at all, which you shouldn't. You know, this kind of brings up uh, what we've had as a recurring theme for the past few shows of the of the what versus the why when it comes to trying and, and uh, sorting out the aftermath of criminal uh, activities or anything that damages another party. Like, uh, like the whole uh, insanity thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you're out there murdering people and it's because you're insane... I don't know. I just see that uh, restitution needs to be paid either way, you know? Yep. I like believe so. You still so. gotta be held accountable. Yeah. Whether you're insane or not. Yeah. Uh, we used to have places to put the insane people, but well, I don't know about England. I don't know what's up over there. Now we just, they can be admitted for a weekend and then they get dropped off at the bus stop. And sometimes they get shipped out to other states, you know, Yeah. to live on the sidewalks there. That's always helpful. And a definite long-term solution. <laughs> I'm in a mood. And this dude's housemates say he was always in a bad mood. So watch out. I'm not in a bad mood, though. I'm just in a mood. <laughs> just in an undisclosed <laughs> mood, huh? Yeah. One of his housemates testified that they saw the whole thing go down. Just looking out their door because they heard a commotion. Saw him, like, holding the man by the neck and stabbing him and shit. And then the woman was like, I'm calling the police. And... He got her, too. So the uh, person went in the room and shut the door and whatever. Then finally thought the coast was clear, opens the door, and sees dude with white cleaning gloves on. He looks right at her and is like, go back into your room and lock the door. I'm calling the police. So, of course, she did that because not going to mess with a guy that just stabbed two people. Yeah. In a house full of other people. Um, but not only did he call the police, he called them six times. Damn. Yeah. Pretty weird. What, and did they not pick up the first five times or he just had other stuff to add? I think he just had other stuff to add. Okay. I think he was just going mental, you know, probably, uh, like when your heart starts racing and your thoughts start racing also, and then you start word vomiting cause you're a literal retard. Hmm. It wasn't shut the fuck up Friday, I guess. I guess not. Yeah. It was, let's blabber on and on to the cops on the phone which is all recorded so blabbermouth monday <laughs> yeah <laughs> blabbermouth never anyways he did tell a psychiatrist that his fellow tenants had been violent toward him to obtain money and would intimidate him by striking him i was like dude why are you living there then yeah that seems like a bad situation it seems like you're being abused um but then he also noted that he heard voices that convinced him the couple was trying to kill him. And that was related to living in the same area with the coof being around, you know? Oh, they're going to cough in my direction or breathe in my airspace, and then I'm going to die. And so, you know, I'm pointing my finger at the television on this one. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so, you know, when it came down to the jury and the everyone that heard the case, his paranoid delusions and auditory hallucinations were in dispute for sure. You know, they're not really uh, going for it. So he was jailed for life with a minimum term of 33 years. Whoa. But you'll notice they put 33 years in the headline. Of course, right, yeah. But it's life with a minimum of 33 years, so, yep. If it's 33s, it leads, man. Yeah, of course. And there were 33 deaths this week, uh, allegedly of the Koof variety, in India and Massachusetts. And then there were 33 new cases in Hyderabad, India. 
And uh, Borneo and Malaysia both released press releases this week saying that 33% of kids are fully jabbed after they had a super jab your kid event um, for kids age 5 to 11. And with that, let's go behind the curtain because, boy, that shit is all a huge downer. Oh, no doubt. It's like, I can't believe the coof is still a thing. Just people. Just know? won't shut the fuck up, will it? No. Just hit the joint, coof a little in privacy. Don't make a big deal about it. You don't have to cover your face or whatever. Ugh. That's just crazy. And then we got allergy season now, right where we're at. And you see all these masks everywhere. I'm really, I'm blaming allergies. I think people coof a little bit and they're like, oh no. I better cover that ugly muzzle of mine. Just muzzle it. I don't know. People are, people have changed because of the social conditioning. I'm still the same. Yeah, me too. We never did the mask thing. Had the outlaw bandanas for a minute, and then we're like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck you. And hardly anyone would say anything either, you know? And if you uh, got approached, hey, you need to wear a mask, you just leave. Yeah. Or say, mm, I can't. And, you and see what they say. Douse that bridge with gasoline and hit it with a match. Yeah. Fuck you forever. Yep. I will spend zero dollars at your establishment for the rest of my life. I will not forget this shit. Nope. Never forgive. Never forget. Every place. Every place had the balls to throw me out during this shit. I will not forget. I will never, ever spend a single goddamn dime at any of those places. The craziest thing was when a certain home improvement store said no kids were allowed because of the coof. Yeah, fucking That's idiots. retarded. And another retarded thing happened this week. When the White House released an executive order on May 25th. Oh? Yes. Uh, it's focused on police reform. And my favorite line in this executive order, because I suffered through reading the whole fucking thing, was, we can make policing safer and more effective. Can you believe that? <laughs> Safe and effective. Of course. For law enforcement. Of course. I couldn't believe they recycled that language. Safe and effective what? world, man. The whole world can be safe and effective. <laughs> One executive order at a time. I would like to just stay dangerous. But anyways, you know, they talked about strengthening trust between law enforcement and communities, which I say good luck. You know, that's been a talking point for decades now. Sure. Uh, Encouraging equitable and community-oriented policing, which I just was like, oh, okay. So, you know, different penalties for different folks based on their uh, economic level right socioeconomic class maybe hmm. like oh you you live in this zip code you can steal up to a thousand dollars worth of merchandise you live in this zip code you cannot steal at all because you definitely have the money to pay for it all right that's kind of how i read that but i could be totally wrong i could be totally off um you know they talked about providing mental health services to officers and they talked about trying to hire and retain more officers which i was like wow you're just doing a really good job at encouraging people to want to be cops, not. Um, and then they want to establish a national law enforcement accountability database as a centralized repository for all official records documenting instances of police misconduct, as well as commendations and awards. So that's going to be a big database. Good luck. And... Also, I don't know if it's going into that database or another one, but they want use of force data to be collected from everywhere on a monthly basis. And they want 
some clear federal guidance for use of force standards to be issued, specifically banning chokeholds and carotid restraints, and everyone has to go through anti-bias training under this executive order, which I, I th- I'm pretty sure that's been a thing for a while in most it's, departments. Yeah, it's in play. Um, now, the big news that the headlines were going with was, oh, this executive order is going to limit no-knock entries and maintain records of them with annual reports. No details, really, on like the limiting factor of it. Just, oh, we're going to limit them. And if they happen, we'll know all about them in an annual report. So at the end of every year. Right. It's just ridiculous. I don't. It's, it's just, I just don't, I don't see don't this know, as a big hurrah, you the know? The whole thing of improving uh, respect or, you know, like, you can't order respect. You no. have to earn it. Exactly. So. Um, the executive order states that now the transfer or purchase of military equipment by law enforcement will be limited. And they cited armored vehicles in there. Right. They also cited grenade launchers, which I thought was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but, you know, um, back when I was doing the journalist thing, they, uh, the local police department in our college town did acquire a Bearcat. So I learned about Bearcats, armored vehicles, and they would roll it up yep. on uh, junkies' houses, you know, people who were shooting up and stuff, and use that as a way to get people to come out of their house. <laughs> Just gross. You know, like, if they really were focused on respect and the community relationship, they would be forming a relationship with the community. You know, they would be going out, meeting people, and in in public, talk, having a conversation, maybe. Right. You know, not just, you show up, guns blazing, and you're fucked. But anyways, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of coming around to the fentanyl thing, because that's been on the public's mind recently. Indeed, yeah, they um, keep bringing that up. Yeah, and that wasn't mentioned in this executive order. I'm just thinking about police responses to junkies from my past experience. Not not me being a junkie, but my, you know, <laughs> friends of mine who've had the police roll up on them, and it's fucked up and embarrassing for everyone involved, even the cops. You know what I mean? Like, yes. what the fuck? You need an armored vehicle and grenade launchers to tell some dude who's dozed off from heroin to come out of their house. Fuck you, pussy. Anyways, everyone's required to wear a body cam now. They talked about publicly posted footage. And I was like, it's not clarified. I think what they meant was when a request is put in for footage and it becomes publicly available. But imagine the data space that you would need to publicly post all law enforcement body cam footage somewhere. And they talked about the public posting of it as a way of, you know, it's transparency yeah, and whatever. But hey, I'm looking at Live PD a few years ago. That shit got taken off because too many people were embarrassed when they saw their family members on there and were like, hey, excuse me, get that the fuck off TV. Yeah. We don't want our police encounters to be public footage. It sucks because there's a like... There's a lot of both ways, you know what I mean? There's, like, the police accountability side, and there's the privacy side, and it's uh, they're and they directly opposed, you know? There's really yeah. no, there's no win when it comes to this debate. No, I really... It, at first, when I was in college, 
when I was sick in the head, um, I was all about body cams. I thought that's great. And Live PD came out. I was like, that's great. You know, I think it's cool. You can see how they're doing their job and be like, oh, they're not all bad guys all the time. But now I don't like that. I don't like that there's cameras fucking everywhere and that your privacy is just constantly being invaded. There is no such thing as privacy in this world. It makes me uncomfortable. You know? And even if it's just a casual encounter or you're just walking by in the background of something going down, you know, you get sucked into it. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. But um, there's also some funding going into federal research for facial recognition, which, come on, that's rolled out oh, in a hooray. lot of places already, I'm sure. <laughs> um, they brought up co-responding with health workers or social work professionals to better deal with mental health crises, which I think is funny, too. I've seen enough videos of, you know, cops roll up to a house where a mom couldn't control her autistic son. I mean, severely downsy. And kids wielding a knife. And what do the cops do? They shoot him. And then the mom's like, I didn't want you to react like that. And the cops are like, the fuck did you call us for then? Yeah, call, Never the, call the cops. Calling the cops is almost always a bad idea. Yeah. So now, to avoid that situation, they'll have to have a social worker go everywhere with them. And I'm sure they won't get injured or targeted or anything. That'll help. Yeah. Or cause more problems. And uh, they're also conducting federal research into alternatives to arrest. It brought me back to uh, Adventure Bay and the Paw Patrol, <laughs> um, which, of course, they're a private organization right. of Crime Stoppers, which we really need, you know, but um, that's only for the wealthy. But in Paw Patrol, the bad guys get away with fucking everything. The worst punishment that ever happens to them is having to mow the grass. <laughs> right. That's the only time I've ever seen that damn Mayor Humdinger get punished in any way. And I just, th- this executive order kind of read like that. Like, well... Uh, we're not helping people by arresting them. Mm. <laughs> if someone stabs someone or runs them over with their car or something, what do you propose we do then? I'll wait, you know? If, if, if someone's got a great solution here that doesn't involve arrest, I'm open-minded. I just think that there's crimes with legitimate victims, and in that way, the prison pipeline has made sense. You know? Now, a crime without a victim, not so much. Maybe that's what they're talking about. One can hope, but uh, it seems really vague. Yeah. Is the biggest problem, I think. Well, you know, it's just... Best case scenario, it's just like a PR stunt. It's another lip on service May 25th, executive order, man. The anniversary of two years ago when gas was $1.88. <laughs> and the whole George Floyd thing went down, of course. But that's a messy subject. See it as you will. Dude overdose on fentanyl while the cops were arresting him in a not-so-pretty manner. So, the CEO of Ascend Wellness Holdings and other multi-state operators are suing the federal government to overturn prohibition. Oh, yeah? And I say good luck to them. <laughs> I hope so. And they, I hope they can you know what? They knock got, it over, man. They got their big dicks out on the table. They're feeling it. They think they have a chance. It's always good to go into a, <laughs> a lawsuit thinking you have a chance, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's at least six major weed brands that have signed on to this. Multi-state operators, you know, the big guys. Sure. The ones that everyone talks about with disdain in their voices, like the good old boys club. Okay. The pay-to-players, like Curaleaf and Terra Ascend. Yeah, the Weed Borg. Yeah, the Weed Borg, you know. It kind of cracked me up to see some of these names because I'm like, oh, yeah, Curaleaf, didn't you just 
accidentally mix up your CBD and THC not that long ago, but we won't talk about that. Um, of course, one of their biggest focuses here is on stopping all the prohibition of interstate commerce. They want to just be able to work together with all their stores that they have in every fucking state that legalizes. Uh, and another challenge that they want to address is the 280E tax provision that blocks weed businesses from taking standard business deductions. Right. All bad, but I've been in play this whole time with fake legalization rolling out. Yeah. Um, and now what's really funny is that they haven't filed their lawsuit yet. They just had this like pre-launch PR party. Okay. You know, they're like, hey, look at what we're going to do. You seem, that seems weird. I You're think supposed to file and then do the press release I kind of simultaneously, right? Agree. You know what this reminded me of? Chucky Schumer <laughs> with <laughs> right. his federal legalization. And this dude, the CEO of Ascend Wellness even said, we're going to do what Schumer hasn't been able to. Okay. You're off to a great start yeah, by announcing something before any action has taken place. Yeah. Why don't you just do something and then you can jerk yourself off in the press? Yeah. And the biggest cherry on top of this, if they were to succeed in every space that they're trying to attack, uh, is that they're contesting the constitutionality of the Controlled Substances Act. Well, and hey, man, you get that erased. We're in a good spot. I think the problem with the strategy is like using the constitution for any argument at all because i don't really think judges give much of a shit that's a good point i mean call me cynical but <laughs> r.i.p constitution yeah they're not even teaching the kids to read cursive anymore so i mean we are because we're homeschooling do you I'm think not... that's the problem they just can't read the cursive in the constitution <laughs> well they don't want to read either we can but... send them a times new roman version oh yes type it up yeah it's already been done yeah we'll just send them one Maybe Simple they as. Can, uh, maybe I'm sure they'll read sit and, through it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure they'll sit and read through the whole thing and comprehend what they've just read and be like, wow, I know my rights. Worth a shot, I suppose. <laughs> yep. There was a scientific review that happened this past week. Or, well, it was published this past week. I'm sure it did not happen this past week. It found that pot research grew steeply over the past 20 years, contrary to what some politicians might have you thinking. Um, and this was due largely to dedicated funding for the research, but all of the research was biased toward focusing on the harms associated with pot usage versus medical use. So, you know, still caught up in trying to make pot a bad thing. Yeah. And failing to find new talking points out of all these studies because it's uh, a pretty mundane substance. Yeah. Well, if you're looking for something that's going to kill you, you got to look somewhere else. Yeah, looking in the wrong place. But, you know. Oh, well. There was also a study that found, uh, and I quote, single measurements of Delta-9 THC in the blood and the breath do not correlate with impairment following inhalation. Which I thought was fun because we've been talking about impairment. Or, you know, as you brought up, causation versus consequences. Right. The why versus the what. Yep. So now they're saying, hey, according to science, you can't just blame Delta 9 THC for people being impaired. There's other cannabinoids out there that could lead to this, oh, great. first of all. And second of all, it's the measurements are inaccurate. Right. Which is the most important part. Well, the problem there is the response won't be to <laughs> no longer uh, test for like D9 levels and the threshold. The, the response will be to add other shit. 
Yeah. Like, oh, well, we need to test for more things then. Yeah. Let's put all 400 known cannabinoids on the testing strip or whatever. I'm sure there will be no false positives coming out of that. No. Yeah. It's frustrating. Just test every fucking chemical. It's just frustrating that this even happens. But here we are. Tell me about it. It's too complicated. Yeah. Someone's speeding? Well, fine. Write them a ticket for speeding. Someone got in an accident? Deal with the accident. But shouldn't be digging down to, wow, they had THC in their blood. Because who knows when that happened. They could have eaten an edible a week ago or something. Anyway, Navajo Nation took a public stance this week against legalizing peyote. Interesting. They said it would detrimentally affect their religious practices, which of course are federally protected. Um, You know, they talked about how they use peyote for physical, mental, and spiritual healing, which is kind of what I thought everyone would want to use it for. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah. They, they decided to say something because they're seeing all this uh, pot being legalized recreationally. And it sparked them. Ugh, they're legalizing the weed. What if they legalize the peyote? Can't take away our monopoly on that. I'm, if they, I if joke. they can just see the future and see like... oh. They don't want normies on the peyote. Yeah, and that's fair, but unfortunately, I think pe- normies could probably already do it if they wanted to. Well, yeah, that's the thing about it. That's... But but normies won't. Oh, yes, until, until it's a legal market legalized. Out, and then they will yeah. because it's trendy. And then they're going to be eaten by a giant snake spirit or and, something. And then who knows? And then who knows? But, I, you know. that, that third part of it is kind of a, I don't know. What happens then? I don't know. Yeah. Well, one of the quotes in here uh, came from Navajo Vice Chairman Thomas Walker Jr., who said, I believe that American Indian religious rights and beliefs are threatened by non-native interests seeking profit by legalizing peyote. Gotcha. He doesn't want big peyote coming in and messing everything up. Yeah. And just like the CEO of Ascend Wellness, this is all some preamble to how they're planning to introduce legislation to officially oppose decriminalization and legalization of peyote by the states. Mm. Which, good luck. Right. No, you you know my stance on these things. Nothing should be prohibited. Right. And you know, if you want to educate yourself and step into something in a good spot where you're ready for it, and open to it and, you know, understand the risks and side effects of what you're about to do, that's your personal responsibility. If you're going to take too much or do something that you're not prepared for, spiritually, mentally, physically, that's on you. Yes. Yeah, I think that's how it should be. How it's supposed to be. Should you be able to enter Navajo country and go through a ritual with them? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds pretty ideal. If they're down and you're down. Yeah. But it kind of sounds like they're not so down. Yeah, if they're not so down, then you got to find somewhere else to do it. Yeah, exactly. But I've also noticed a lot of these uh, psychedelics bills that are coming out or initiatives do not include peyote. Right. So I I don't really feel like they have much to worry about at this point in time. Not yet anyway, yeah. Yeah, they're just trying to get ahead of it, I guess. In Colorado, Governor Jared... Polis signed a bill felonizing the possession of any one gram substance containing fentanyl. Hmm. I do not like this. It's a little weird. Because if you... If you get spiked weed, then all of a sudden it's illegal? Is that the <laughs> If deal? you have a gram of it, yeah. And then it tests positive for fentanyl, you're getting a felony. The fuck? Right. It's... 
going back to the executive order and not wanting to punish addicts or folks with mental health crises that they're facing. What do they call addiction now? There's a uh, use disorder. Use disorder. Right. If you have a, a a pill use disorder or a heroin use disorder and you get something from your drug dealer that has fentanyl in it, now you're going to jail with a felony. That should solve the crisis. Yes. Yep. Seems great. More arrests, I yeah. think, is always the answer. More prohibition. Yep. Yep. More tests. Yeah. Just test the substance. <laughs> but, you know, the common citizen may not be able to have the test because fentanyl tests are illegal in many states. Did you know that? Isn't that <laughs> no, crazy? Like I did if, not know that. What a fucking shit show. Uh, recently we talked about like the safe smoking kits you can get at these, whatever they're called, the safe shooting up centers. Right. You know, and they give you these safety kits with clean pipes, clean needles and such. But yeah, they don't give you test strips. And I'm thinking, man, if you do powdered substance of any kind or any drug, you should be able to test it. Everyone should be able to test their shit and make sure it's clean if they want to, if they want to be proactive like that. Sure. It just astounds me that a test would be illegal. Yeah, that seems pretty stupid. You know what's not illegal? Those stupid THC tests. You can get them at the dollar store still. Yep. You can test your fucking kids if you wanted to or your spouse or whatever. That's not illegal. But fentanyl, oh, no, we can't be testing for that. And from what I understand from law enforcement, if you're in the presence of it, it's already too late. It's such a powerful substance that uh, if you yeah, just I think touch you, a pill that's laced with it or something, you're going to pass out and maybe die. Look at a half gram of fentanyl, you'll be stricken dead. Yeah. But what do I know? That's just all the propaganda floating around right now. It's and, fact. <laughs> fact. It's fact. In Delaware... Governor John Carney vetoed a recreational legalization bill that landed on his desk, which I suspected he would, as he has said, he's against legalization. Right. Um, but the chambers are going to attempt an override. And their chances look mm, good if everyone votes the way that they did previously. Yeah. Like, uh, they got 26 votes in the House for this bill and uh, 25 votes or what they need for an override. So they can lose a person on that. And in the Senate, this got 13 votes, which is the exact amount they need. So they can't afford to lose anyone on the Senate. Gotcha. And you know those lobbyists are out there slithering around, trying to sway the lizards one way or the other with oh, their yeah. money and flies, <laughs> gourmet bug meals. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah it, they're out there. if they manage this override of his veto, Delaware would become the 20th recreational state and um, the reason why they did it this way is they had a comprehensive bill in March, um, and that didn't have any traction. So they split legalization into one bill and regulation into another, thinking, well, if we get the legalization through, everyone will be on board with regulating it. Right. I think this is an interesting tactic. And hey, if they override the veto and get the legalization going, maybe it'll work. If you get legalization without regulation, though. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds kind of free. I'm into that. But, yeah, we'll see. Chatham County, Georgia's district attorney is no longer prosecuting cases involving less than an ounce of pot. Oh, cool. Yeah. Effective immediately. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. 
Yeah. This, of course, came after the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said it would no longer test any green leafy substance weighing less than an ounce unless felony charges are involved. Um, So because you can't tell if it's pot or hemp without a test from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, that just changes things. Yeah, I guess it would. Yep. An Illinois judge decided to lift the stay on the issuance of 185 licenses. All right. Yeah. Can you believe that's happening? Loosen them up. So far. I mean, they're also telling people not to get their hopes up because, (laughs) of course, there's the federal lawsuit regarding the state's residency requirement, which could once again hold up the licenses. But the first 75 licenses here were supposed to be issued two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, and I said, uh, I mentioned last week, these simulated lotteries that they're proposing. Right. Which no definition of that. Like a fake lottery? Huh? But they're having three of these corrective lotteries. That's the new term they're using. Corrective lotteries. Corrective lottery. Yeah, which sounds a lot better than simulated. Sounds like a lottery for how long you go to prison or something. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) It's what they wanted in the executive order. I know. Instead of arrest, we'll just have corrective lotteries. Yeah. We'll play bingo, and if you get double bingo, then you're good. Then you walk free. Otherwise, it's the slammer for you. Yep. Yep. With a minimum mandatory, of course. Yes. Because those are still a thing. But yeah, so they're holding three of these corrective lotteries in June. (laughs) We'll see where this goes. See if all these licensees get up and running before something bad happens again, and they get told to wait. sure they'll be opening their doors by the end of the month. (laughs) you're a real genuine optimist they're off to the races baby (laughs) Uh, uh, the Iowa Supreme Court ruled that an Arizona medical card doesn't permit patients to possess pot in their state wow Yep. Uh, this was a 4-3 decision which convicted a 55 year old woman Pamela Middlecoff of a serious misdemeanor because she was stopped by cops for speeding and then they smelled weed, and she said, oh, well, I haven't smoked today, but I have quite a bit on me, and showed them her medical card. Oops. Yeah. this I know. It was off to a really bad start and a bad ending because of that bad start. But, man, she has osteoarthritis and other painful musculoskeletal conditions, which they didn't even bother to list out. Yeah. So it's got to be bad. I mean, chronic pain? Fuck that. Smoke a little weed. You're not going to hurt anyone. You're not going to hurt yourself. And you're going to feel better because it helps. But anyways, uh, there's an Iowa law on the books that her attorney was trying to fight with, uh, which makes it um, illegal to possess a controlled substance unless that substance was obtained directly from or pursuant to a valid prescription or order of a practitioner. Um. Now, the seven justices disagreed. Yeah, four to three, yeah. It would fall under that, um, arguing that it's not a doctor's order, but an Arizona registry card permitting her to make purchases. So it's not a prescription. I see. Isn't that gross? So we have a semantic gap in what's going on. Yes. And now she's dealing with a misdemeanor. And uh, they had originally given her like two days in jail and a year probation, but they cut off the two days in jail and were like, eh, just go on probation for a year. Plus pay a bunch of fines. So nice. That's, you know, the problem with 
state every state doing its own thing. Yeah. But, well, just, you know, don't drive through or spend your money in Iowa, I guess. You just got to know <laughs> the difference in the laws and, yeah, stay in the fuck out of Iowa. And don't talk to the police. Not a super bad play. Also, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, okay, it's cute. You've got a card and all of that shit, but um, you'd never be fucking offering info to the cops. Yeah. Ever. No. There's no reason to. It nope. will only fuck you. It can't ever help you. It can only fuck you. So no. I mean like, oh yeah, weed. You smell weed? Well, I have weed. <laughs> yeah. Weed? I never heard of weed. Honesty no, is not the best policy in this case. You see my attorney. I'm not saying shit. Right. Yep. Just keep your goddamn mouth shut. Yep. And demand a lawyer. If you cannot afford one, one will be given to you. I don't remember the exact wording of that, but... The exact wording is keep your mouth shut when cops <laughs> come around. Yep. Yep. Well, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly has a bill to allow federally approved weed medicines sitting on her desk. This is specifically targeting epilepsy medications that are coming out probably in the near future. They're going through clinical trials right now. Uh, that have, you know, CBD in them or certain cannabinoids that have been extracted and put into this medicine. Or shit, I mean, probably even fake THC counts under this. What was that? I can never remember the name of that. Pharma THC pill. Oh, Marinol? Marinol. Man, that shit will give you a headache. Yeah. Right now, patients in Kansas can't use any of those things. So, this just says, hey, if it's federally approved, patients can use it. And uh, she hasn't signed it yet, so... We'll see where that goes. In Maryland, Governor Larry Hogan allowed the Psychedelics for Veterans bill we discussed in a previous bowl to take effect without his signature. Gotcha. Uh, this creates a state fund to provide cost-free access for veterans suffering from PTSD or other issues. Uh, they can access psilocybin, MDMA, and ketamine. Once again, notice peyote is not on this list. Interesting. Yeah, no worries for Navajos. But yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. I think that's an interesting uh, little, what do you got, like a test tank? See how this goes, state? Yeah, a laboratory of innovation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, if, you know, the vets won't be able to talk to the VA about it or even admit that they're partaking, probably. I know, it's so. going to be a shit show. Yeah, it's so embarrassing. It's going to be a shit show. But oh well, that's kind of always been the case everywhere. You can't really talk to your medical providers about the truth most of the time. If you want to play it safe. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And it's just worse for vets. It's just not a great idea in the general. No. Just I mean, like law enforcement. I used, not to your take, friends. I used to take a different attitude toward that, you know, when I was... A youngin. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and a little more naive and hadn't been burned as many times, you know. But, yeah, my opinion has since changed. I don't think you should be honest with your doctor at all about any of that shit. No. But alternative care providers... They're a little bit better. The Michigan Cannabis Regulatory Agency released an advisory bulletin this week. Uh, just telling folks who work in the industry, hey, be on the lookout because people are stocking your trash cans and taking shit out of them. And there's also been an increase in break-ins. And the main scheme that they're seeing is multiple vehicles will park across the street from a dispensary. And then one person will walk across and check the doors and usually figure out a way to gain access from the back door. And then once they're in, a bunch of motherfuckers get out of these cars and just raid the shop and take everything they can. Everything and anything. Jesus. There's also a bunch of frauds 
little fraud schemes going on. Uh, the most noteworthy of which are fake CRA or Cannabis Regulatory Agency and Bureau of Fire Servants Service Inspections. You know, getting a phone call and then some low-level bud tender answers. Hey, we need to schedule an inspection. And then the bud tender, instead of going to management or asking any questions, it's like, oh, yeah, sure, and write something down. And then these LARPers show up with their oh, fake badges, and they just are like, hey, you owe us money because, you know, you got this issue, but we'll just write it off if you pay us the fine right now in cash because we know you got cash in hand since you can't use a bank. Um, there's also, like, a fake money drop-off scheme where companies will call and pre- they'll figure out what company or service the dispensary is using to drop off their money and then call and claim it and be like, yeah, we'll pick it up at this time and then have someone show up and just take a bunch of money off of them. And there's no verification going on, I guess, you know? Like, right. hey, Imperial, it was you that called and set up this time, right? Because you're taking my stuff to a good place. And they're like, no, you got to verify. Don't let your bud tenders do this shit. Um... Vendors requesting payment for equipment using cryptocurrencies, then not providing the equipment. You gotta trust your vendor. Yeah. And then they also mentioned vendor impersonation. Yeah, you should know who you're sending your money to in all instances. But anyways, some tips that they suggested was to request to see enforcement credentials and verify the identity of any officers involved. Um, and email the CRA itself to verify scheduled inspections because they're right there and available. Um, and also, you have to let the CRA know if a, a theft has occurred within 24 hours. Oh, my God. It's, why? It's part of the administrative rules. It's it was stupid. written in the law, I guess, or when the CRA was formed. That's how they wrote it. Bullshit. So you're all in a tizzy. You talk to the police. But you also got to remember to contact the CRA or they won't help you, within I guess. Within 24 <laughs> hours. Kiss my ass. That's so fucking dumb. I know. Is it think about a holiday weekend, too? Like, if a dispensary is not open for two days. Like, I can maybe see something, like, really long window, like, within 30 days. Like, you know, if you're calling us about some shit that happened over a month ago, then, you nope. know, it's going to be hard to track down. But 24 fucking hours, man. Like, But it's, how is it? It's not even there, you know the law enforcement is the one that's supposed to be tracking down. I think the law enforcement should be the ones getting in contact with the CRA. Hey, we had a dispensary that got robbed. Just wanted to let you know because we're on the case. Shouldn't matter. And then those officers should be talking to each other. Yeah. The CRA agents in the whatever, not the civilians who are the victims, the business owners, you know, but whatever. Yeah. They just want a convenient out. Yeah. I have to deal with the shit. Yep. So that was interesting. Then in Minnesota, Governor Tim Walz has a bill sitting on his desk to protect the legality of hemp-derived products, which is awesome. It would reverse all the terrible policies that have been put into play, like, uh, you know, banning Delta 8 and such. It just says, hey, this is federally legal and it's good here. Uh, It would also allow grocery stores and convenience stores to sell such products, like CBD and stuff. It also reverses a current policy they have that says you can't put CBD in food or drinks. Presto changeo, now you can, if the governor signs this. Oh, boy. Um, and then it does. It sets a um, standard for THC products with 5 milligrams per serving and a maximum of 50 milligrams per package. It's funny because, of course, they have Delta 9 in here because as long as it's under 0.3% Delta 9 THC by weight, it's good to go. Little 50-state loophole. 
Nice. And if it gets signed, this would all take effect by August 1st. So that's fun and quick. In Ridgeland, Mississippi, folks are gathering signatures to allow medical businesses in their area after they opted out when medical rolled out. Um, Of course, the city is free to opt in whenever, but the people need to gather 20% of the voter signatures or 1,500, whichever number is less, and they didn't specify in these articles. Uh, And that will trigger a special election to override the city's decision to opt out. However, there's some stipulations here, like the election has to be held within 60 days from the date that the petition is filed with the Secretary of State. I'm not sure when that was. But no sooner than 15 days from the publication date of the first of three newspaper notices of the petition filing. So, tricky. You gotta pay attention. Make sure you're falling in that 16 to 59 day window there. You gotta gotta find (laughs) all the instructions. Make sure it's a blue felt tip pen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's all important, too. Is it legible? No. Oh, this one's not either. Well, who'd have thunk? Oh, this person signed twice because they're a doofus. They're probably stoned. Likely. Or they just don't want to be hassled, so they say yes to everything. I've noticed people do that, and that makes me sick. People don't ask questions about petitions outside of grocery stores and shit. They're just like, oh, fuck, I'm being harassed. Yeah, sure, I'll sign it. I'm like, are you an idiot? Clearly. Many such cases. Many such cases. Anyway. In Oklahoma, Governor Kevin Stitt signed a bill this week prohibiting discrimination against medical patients in housing and education. So your landlord can't say, well, I'm not going to rent to them because they're a medical patient. And a university can't say, well, we're not going to enroll them because they're not a patient, which seems like common sense. Of course, employers can still take action against employees who are in possession of pot or under the influence during working hours. Also kind of makes sense if it affects your performance. Sure. I don't really like that you can be in trouble for possessing it if you have a medical card. It's like, what if I bring, you know, okay, Tylenol's a bad example. But what if you have a prescription drug that you have to take at a certain time each day? Like SSRIs or some fucked up shit. Oh, yeah, that's a great example. I try not to think of those things, but they're out there. And people take them at work for sure, because it probably helps them get through the work day. Sure. And they ain't saying nothing about that. Nah, safe and effective. Yeah. In Rhode Island, Governor Dan McKee signed the legalization bill, so Rhode Island became the 19th recreational state. Crazy. Yeah. Now, no accidents on Route 44 where you bought some weed and mass, and then, oh, shit, I'm in Rhode Island somehow in three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not legal here, dude. We saw a few of those. Yeah. Over our time in the bowl here. Oh, yeah. It's And, you know, there's such a small area, okay? Like, it's a quick drive. Yeah. I was 15 minutes away from Providence when I lived in Bridgewater, Mass., and I was 15 minutes away if there was no traffic on a beautiful day, basically from Boston, you know? Yeah. It's like an equal drive. I mean, you can, on the right roads, uh, start farting in Connecticut and finish the fart in Massachusetts, drive all the way through Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. New England should just work together more on these things. I agree. (laughs) Um, So their start date was originally planned for October 1st, but they've already pushed it back to December 1st, which is fine. It's still this year. I think that's very exciting. Connecticut hasn't rolled anything out yet. So, haha, Or should I say, ha-ha. <laughs> uh, and then get this. 
they will allow 33 retailers in the state. There's going to be a 10% state excise tax in addition to the 7% sales tax and a 3% local tax. So that's fun. Um, Automatic expungements are supposed to occur by July 1st of 2024 if they can get their shit together. Which, you know, big if. Um, They're eliminating any fees to apply or renew your medical license. So no patient fees, which I think is pretty cool. And they do have home grow written in. You can home grow up to three mature plants and three immature plants. Cool. Okay. I love that language. And it does not define those things. So it's like, okay, three that are flowering and three that aren't. Is that what that fucking means? Yeah, typically. Ah, it's such a bad number. Then there's like the, diff, you know, the veg versus the clones. Like, are veg and clones both immature? Mm, oh, or are the clones technically a piece of the mature? Because, you know, when you take clones, you're going to take a bunch of clones because not all of them are going to no, make it. Root. No, you can only have three. Yeah. See, that's what, there's so that. many issues with this. So many issues that we're, you know, haven't scratched the surface of but people will find out in time um and adults can possess up to 10 ounces in rhode island so that's pretty cool seems like plenty <laughs> yeah that seemed good I, it didn't say anything about a purchase limit though i do wonder if you can buy 10 ounces all at the same time a lot of places no such no such allowance yeah, i think <laughs> the most common cutoff is an ounce you can buy an ounce at places yeah but you can also dispensary hop and get an ounce and then yeah an ounce and but then that's an a pain in the ass it definitely is yeah and it also kind of uh doesn't allow you to buy in bulk and get like any kind of bulk discount you know you have to pay the ounce price at best yep well good news the south dakota secretary of state confirmed that activists submitted enough valid signatures to place recreational legalization back on the ballot in okay. november hooray yeah i mean voters already approved recreational in 2020 but it was overturned overturned in court. The old rug pull. Yeah, because, you know, Governor Christy Nome funded a challenge against it for violating the single subject rule for ballot initiatives. But hey, they got it done now. You know, they got it taken care of in two slots. It's going on the ballot as initiative measure 27. And uh, under this, adults 21 and older can possess up to an ounce and purchase an ounce. And they can grow up to three plants. Just three. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, of any maturity man. level, <laughs> of any maturity level. Good God. Yep. Um, then, of course, it also lays out civil penalties for violating provisions in the legalization related to public consumption or growing more plants than you're allowed to. So that's great. New punishments. New punishments. Um, they also have an uphill battle here, though, because on the primary ballot next week, June 7th, there's a. There's an Amendment C on there, which would change it so that a ballot measure needs at least 60% of voters to approve it instead of a simple majority. And I believe Recreational got 54%. Ooh. Isn't that nasty? The timing of that is kind of... Oh, isn't it suspicious? Mm. Sapoy, sapoy. Sapoy, sapoy. Yeah, it's like... Oh, look, looks like recreational's going on. We better do something about that. And, ugh, Chrissy Nome grosses me out when it comes to weed because 
She even said, like, oh, South Dakotans don't want recreational. It's like, bitch, they voted for it. Yeah. You don't want it. Well, you know, since she's the governor, she speaks for all of everyone. <sighs> Clearly not, though. Not what her constituents actually want. That's her. That's where she gets ranked the lowest, you know? It's like 39% approve of the job she's done for weed. Yep. And I think that's high. Seems high. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, that's including a bunch of people who also hate pot and will approve. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even with those people out there, that's a low approval rating. Or people who were literally high and checked the wrong box. <laughs> <laughs> can happen. I suppose that can happen. Yeah. In Argentina, the president announced the enactment of a medical pot and hemp law. Um, it expands their 2017 laws. So it allows pharmacies to sell oils and creams. It allows folks to grow at home. And it requires insurance providers to cover the costs of products prescribed by doctors. Which makes sense to me. Then get this. In Japan this week, the health ministry discussed legalizing medical pot. No way. Yeah. I mean, they immediately turned the conversation to... How will we punish recreational pot? <laughs> but at least it's a step in the right direction, right? Course, like, yeah. holy shit. It's a step in the right direction after all. This all comes from a report that was put together last summer <coughs> about how, you know, there's these drugs coming out to treat epilepsy. Japan's on level with Kansas here, you know? Sure. There's these drugs that could be coming out pretty soon to treat epilepsy, and they have some parts of weed involved in it. And so we should probably make some allowances for medical pot. So that folks can stop having seizures all the damn time. Um, so yeah, they discussed revising their cannabis control law. And they talked about how CBD is helpful and THC is not. C THC is harmful and it causes mental problems. And so they have to <laughs> ban certain parts of the plant. They just got to figure out which parts. I'm like, dude, you are so in over your head. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, they described... Uh, they started getting into what they described as a severe punishment for recreational use. So, you know, yeah. get well, caught smoking pot for fun, you might die. Japan can be quite uptight. Yeah. I was honestly just, I couldn't believe it when I saw they were even discussing medical weed <laughs> at all. It's kind of wild, actually. Even if yeah. it's just medical CBD, you know, like a single cannabinoid, that's still such a huge step in the right direction for them. Yeah, no doubt. Like, damn. And also... I got to give a shout out and a thank you to Abel Kirby who sent me this story off of Vice. I had seen it on Channel News Asia, but the Vice story was much better written. Shout out. Shout out. That's right. Check out Rear Encounter episode 100 tomorrow night, Wednesday, June 1st, for future listeners. Anyways, a dead hamster got a Singapore man off death row. That's the headline. All right. So I was in. You have my from attention. That headline. Uh, in September 2015... Two guys met up for a drug deal at an industrial complex. Didn't know the cops were watching. It ended up being arrested later that night. Uh, the cops found close to two kilos of pot in the dude's car. And he was like, his name's Raj. He said, hey, I, that's not what I wanted, though. I ordered butterfly. And they're like, what's butterfly? Oh, it's a chemically sprayed tobacco, which mimics the effects of pot. Sketch. But it's not. And I ended up with a bag of weed instead. I'm like, man, that dude made out until he got arrested. <laughs> no doubt. Of course, they didn't buy that shit. They're like, yeah, right. Okay, dude. Wait, that's a great excuse, but we're not buying it. Uh, anyway, he was sentenced in 2020 to hang because that's the penalty if you possess 
like a little bit over a pound of pot in Singapore. Good God. You hang. And the other man who had put the bag in the dude's car was sentenced to life in prison in 15 strokes of the cane. Uh-oh. Because they will cane your ass <laughs> to punish you. <laughs> Only 15 times, but, you know, life in prison sucks, and then you gotta get hit in the butt with a cane. Or the back. I don't know where they hit you. Right across the ass crack. I just got a good chuckle out of that. Strokes of the cane. <laughs> it's a little fucked up. Maybe, yeah. like, swipes of a phone book or something. Well, we don't even have phone books anymore, damn it. Anyway, um, this testimony, though, was recently corroborated. Him saying, I got the wrong package. Yeah. It was by a dude he had met in the yard a few times and then became a cellmate in 2018. Guy's name is Mark. And Mark said, man, I was at the same place that day and I got a bag of butterfly and I was trying to pick up some pot. Oh, shit. (laughs) And he remembers the date exactly because it was the day his pet hamster patrick died oh no september 21st so he got a tattoo on his middle finger on his left hand that says r.i.p 21.9.15 pat he got that a few days later r.i.p patrick and so uh gone but not forgotten you know raj is like well fuck man will you tell that to the authorities so i can get off death row he's like yeah sure whatever where it says you guys made this shit up this is a manufactured story but Last Friday, the ruling was overturned because Singapore's chief justice was like, hey, Mark is implicating himself in a very serious offense here with a lot to lose and nothing to gain. Right. Why would you just do that for someone? Yeah. I mean, extreme bromance, maybe, but that's a stretch of the imagination, I think. I think so. So they haven't assigned new charges yet. But they did take Raj off death row, and I think he might be free, because um, the article went into how Singapore doesn't have a system of compensation for those who have been wrongly convicted and later acquitted. Just which makes you shrugs. Yeah, yeah. Not, whoops, makes you proud to be an American. At least we have that, right? <laughs> I guess so. If you get off in time. Yeah, you can sue the uh, city or whatever. Yeah, well, I'm ready to get off. Oh yeah, with a metal moment. All right. Well, we've got one. Rev Cyber Trucker, always sending us a great metal moment. Yeah, dudes, uh, for our listening pleasure every week. Value machine, and you can now make requests for metal moments. He's got a phone line set up: eight one six three six six eight three three three. That's a lot of threes, so that is a great phone number. And someone needs to make a jingle for it. That's right. I'll throw it on the to do list, but there's a lot of shit on there, so you can uh, also. I guess go to revcybertrucker.com to return value to the rev. Yes. But I think that he he is such a value machine that he's like splitting those with us as well. So um, if you really dig in the uh, metal moment and you want to kind of support just that, uh, it also supports the show, but uh, you can give the rev some value back at revcybertrucker.com. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. Yes. Uh, but without any further ado... Here is your metal moment tastiness. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. 
Leo Maracchioli is one of those artists that you've heard on Metal Moment before. And if you haven't, then you need to go back and figure out which episode he was on and go listen to it. Leo usually does straight stuff when he does his covers, but sometimes he does something for the kids. Or the Disney fan in all of us. This is Leo Maracchioli, Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata! What a wonderful phrase! Hakuna Matata! Ain't no passing craze! It means no worries for the rest of your days! With our problem free philosophy! Hakuna Matata! He found his aroma like a certain appeal He could clear the savannah Through every meal of a sensitive soul Though I seen thick skin And it hurts That my friends never stood down with Oh, the shame was the shame Thought of changing my name Changed his name straight up Hell yeah That was a different angle there That makes Disney music tasty I like that if my kids ever request to listen to some Disney songs, I'm going to be like, let's find a metal <laughs> cover of this. All right. Oh, Expand yeah. your palette. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Going to hit you with the metal version. Yes. The metal version. That was a great one. Thank you, Rev. Thank you, Rev. You can follow me at RevCyberTrucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. That's where you can find the Rev. That's right. And you can find all of our bowlers crawling into our voicemail line every week. We do have a voicemail line. Oh, and before that, I had a programming note. I have this oh. even written down. Wow, that's um, official. But I wanted to start off by saying Justin of WKOP. He hit us with a with the Cash App sats again. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Justin. And I suck so bad at remembering to read notes off the Cash App. And uh, I almost got through the whole show forgetting, but thankfully I remembered right in time. Uh, Justin Martin... Since 17,082 sets. Woo! And uh, he said, hello from the wrong kind of podcast. This new weed is kicking my arse. Oh, nice. So getting that arse kicked by the new weed. Uh, we appreciate your value for value, Justin. And yeah, that's another way you can send sats is uh, the cash tag Wolf of KC goes to the show. So... Thank you, Justin. And some people, uh, some people find it's easier to send like uh, Bitcoin that way on the Cash App. They just kind of added it in the, the past few months uh, that you can shoot a uh, shoot a little uh, Bitcoin payment, man. Crazy, crazy stuff. But yes, thank you so much. I uh, I'm really bad, so an email on show days always helps me remember. I think Justin is like, oh, I don't need my note read, kind of a guy, you know. But I always want to make sure that we are uh, giving nods. Where nods are due, you know? That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you're producing this show. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't be here without you. Gratitude's the pop proper attitude, you know? Gratitude is the attitude. I gotta practice what I preach and all that. Yep. Important. It's important to me. Yeah. Gratitude makes you live longer. And speaking of <laughs> Justin uh, from WKOP, I think we got a ring from him. Oh, over, cool. Over the weekend. Hey, this is Justin from the Wrong Kind of Podcast, cruising the busy streets of Coffeyville, Kansas. 
dodging potholes and paying high taxes. Oh, man. So, that new weed you people are smoking now, <laughs> from an old man that used to do it back in the day, holy shit, hiring 10 sacks of groceries, and that means a lot today. No doubt. Be safe out there. Well, cheers, Justin. Looking out for that new weed. I like to keep some middies around and just mix them a little bit in. A little bit of the new-new in. Just mix everything you got together. I like joints, you know? I'm just kind of a joint kind of guy. Big old doinks. Yeah, smoking big old joints. Big old doinks. Whatever you like. Roll them up in a paper, you know? That's my favorite. I like roasting a bowl uh, every now and then. If I, if, uh, I got one handy. Rarely smoke clean. alone, but if I do, then the baddie is their preferred bowl. You oh, know? yeah. Just a little pinch. And especially if you got some high octane shit, you know. Yep. So you can just do a little bit, just a little bit, and then you're good. But yeah, yeah the the average weed you can get, especially if you're getting it like in a store, it's behind a display, it's like all set up there. Yeah, it gets kind of uh, it's kind of stony, man. Yeah, and vape pens. Oh boy. Yeah, they can doing get the you. derbs. They can get you slapped right in the face. Yeah, a dab will do ya. No doubt. Let's see uh, who else have, might have chimed in here. Of course. Uh, the first time I ever topic is first time I ever saw a condom. Yes. And uh, perhaps we have some insight from this first caller. Hello. Hello there. Dame uh, Dame DeLorean. It's <laughs> your Spencer. Wow. Uh, nailed it. Man, I tell you what, that was, uh, that was awesome to have that clip. And a great uh, reflection of how shit my... Uh, Checking of uh, settings, obviously, and audio quality and clipping <laughs> is going on. I'm ah, sure that know. I am sure that the audience loves that. So <laughs> I uh, will be uh, double checking these things going forward. Um, yeah, I tell you what. The uh, first time I ever, oh, what is it? First time I ever saw a condiment. I think uh, I must have been a kid. I think I was looking at. Um, and Ponderosa or something, and uh, and uh, man, they had all kinds of condiments in their bar, <laughs> you know, mustard and ketchup, uh, shrimp sauce, uh, uh, you know, they had the the, the vinegar bottles, uh, chili oils, and mm, mayonnaise, probably some Miracle Whip. You got to have Miracle Whip. Ooh. Didn't have sriracha back then, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was like a smorgasbord. Yeah. I always went for the vegetables personally. I didn't, I kind of avoided the the liquid sauce condiments. But anyway, so uh, just double check to see if there's anything else that you had on your on your broadcast. First time I ever saw a condom. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> so I totally close. blew that one. Easy, uh, easy wires to cross. <laughs> I screwed that up, didn't I? Yeah, you know. First time I ever saw a condom. God. So stupid. Oh, <laughs> man, I don't know. I just can't believe I just messed that up. Oh, man. Derailed it. Derailed it. Hopefully somebody else can get that train back on the tracks. Oh. Did you hear about that uh, train wreck over in the East Coast over there? No. Man, Actually, I tell you wait. what, Antifa's laying down. I bet you they're laying condoms on the tracks for I sure. I saw. Because that's, you know, condoms are Pictures, now that you it. So, um, anyway, in the bowl to you, in the bowl to the, all the bowlers out there, too. In the bowl. Eesh. In the bowl, you want sauce? 
yeah, that train wreck, wasn't that some, that had to be some kind of supply chain fuckery, wasn't it? Surely. wasn't it like a... There's a lot of that going around these a days. a bunch of oil or coal or some kind of, like, energy? I do not know. I mean, many trains carry that anyway, so the odds are decent, but it just is like, Supoy, mm. mm. supoy. That's what I say. <laughs> That's what I say, supoy, supoy. Uh, this next caller, though, he's a straight shooter, I think. Hey, Bullis. Um, so the first time I ever saw a condom. Well, there's really only three times you see a condom. I mean, you know, I guess the first time you see it in a store, um, you see it in health class, or, uh, yeah, you see it uh, because, yeah, you, your partner puts it on or you put it on, depending upon uh, what equipment you have. Um, and I think I think it was the second. And I don't remember which version of health class it was because, um, yeah, I went to a lot of different schools. And so I got it in fifth grade. I got it in sixth grade. I think I got it in seventh and eighth grade. And I got it in ninth grade. So, so I had to do health class at least five times. Whoa. Um, the one I remember is the, um, I think I remember the ninth grade teacher actually uh, putting a condom over her fingers. <laughs> so, yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, Anyway, that's a whole other uh, that's a whole other topic. But, uh, but uh, yeah, in terms of um, have I seen him in the wild, so to speak? No, uh, you know, maybe that's it. You know, I guess that's what happens when you're in long-term relationships. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, well, in theory, anyway. But uh, yeah, and also too, just uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got you got sometimes you got to wear one, but uh, that's uh, you know it depends on your situation, I guess. So, yeah, I guess that's the first time I saw it in health class. Um, but, uh, yeah. In the bowl, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl. A little health class action. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to wear one, but uh, pull out game strong. Yes. Super strong. And there's a lot of other contraceptives now, if you're into that. No doubt. If you're into this next collar, uh, they keep it short. Is willing to the first time I saw condom... Uh, it's probably used in a parking lot. <laughs> oh, that's all. Thanks. Oh yeah, oh, thank, thank you. you. And everyone's like, "Ah, oh, right, cool, kinky, yeah, right, ah, oh, nice, nice." Yeah, that yep. was the sound of everybody who found it in the parking lot. Ugh, seeing the old squishy boots in the wild. Squishy boots, squishy. If you got little feet, like a fox, you know, maybe a crack fox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was trying to remember the first time I ever saw a condom. And there was a moment where I thought it was health class. Yeah. And I was like, no, oh, that seems kind of late. But then there, I was like, surely I saw one in a parking lot on the ground or somewhere else on the ground in an alleyway or something. But couldn't pinpoint a certain memory. But then something came to mind. I believe the first time... I ever saw a condom was in the early aughts, like around 2002 or three or something. Ooh. When I visited Washington, D.C., I was like 10 years old or something. And I went into one of those <laughs> tourist trap stores, you know, which I'm sure, sure. most of D.C. might actually be that. It's um, a lot of that. But they had that. a lot of like the political goofiness going on. Sure. Like, 
get off my grass shirts. Those I love. And right. peace signs and American flag everything. And I heart DC, which no one buys. <laughs> um, but then they had these little square things on the table. And some of them had like an eagle with red, white, and blue. And some of them had a caricature of Bill Clinton. And it said, slide your slick willy into this. And I picked it up. And I was a kid and I was just like, oh, I said, what is this? And my grandma, just matter-of-factly, was like, those are condoms. And I was like, oh. Oh. Because I kind of had an idea. Yeah. But I was like, okay. That's, I believe, the first time I ever saw it. Because I always think of that. <laughs> when I see condoms, my brain is like, slide your slick willy into this. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why does my brain do that? Oh, that's probably the first time I ever saw one. Left an impression. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of funny, you know? Yeah, definitely. Making a joke about... Former president. I think they still have them, probably. That's just a good running gag. That's pretty funny, because uh, the first time I ever saw a condom was similar. Oh? As in it was like a gag or a joke or like a poke. But it was a little more homegrown uh, than all that. So I missed a lot of the health classes and the dare and all that stuff that happens in junior high. Because I was homeschooled from fourth to eighth grade. So five years chunk where... All of that stuff happens, like the talk and the health class and the condom shit and whatever. I don't know. I don't know what all they show you. I don't know what all they show you. You're not missing anything. But I can tell you uh, that I did go back to public school uh, starting in high school as a freshman. I was 14. And when I was a freshman, at the end of that first year back, the seniors pulled, I think, probably one of the best senior pranks that ever got pulled while I was in high school at all. And they had like hundreds, if not thousands of Trojan condoms. And they had stapled a little piece of paper, like a little cutout, like just a tiny, like smaller than a postage stamp uh, that said, uh, fuck Woods and fuck Rennie, who were like the principal and assistant principal at the time. Whoa. (laughs) And they had just thrown them all over everywhere it was just like one passing period where like i don't know a bunch of different seniors had boxes and boxes of the shit and they just got they just got like thrown up in the air during passing period when everybody was like walking through classes so just like littered the whole lunchroom every hallway classrooms like it was they were everywhere that's a good one i had never even seen a condom before that so that was my first time ever seeing (laughs) it's pretty wild Yeah, I think I got like four to take home. Surely walking through a store of some sort, you might have seen boxes of them and just not really like... Maybe not like realized or whatever. But then again, you probably don't have business down that aisle. Because I think they put them by like feminine products. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's before I worked in a grocery store, before I, you know... I mean, I was coming out of uh, some pretty unplugged situation, you know? Yeah. So... Which is cool looking back on it. Yeah, I guess so. If only I had been so lucky to have been homeschooled. I'd be a genius. <laughs> Got held back by uh, my classmates. Depends, I guess. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Maybe this next caller knows. Maybe. Oh, boy. Wrap it before you tap it. Hey. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Christopher Battles here. And uh, first time. Man, dude. I think I like... It was like a bathroom vending machine or something. I was just like, I kind of, I knew what it was, but I put the quarters in there and grabbed the condom or something and whatever, and that was it. Yeah. And then I just tossed it, and then, uh, and honestly, 
my wife. Just with my wife on the on the wedding night. So that was the that was the first full interaction, as you would say, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But uh, <laughs> it's all blur. Yeah. Her, on the other hand, though, her first interaction, she had found what she thought were balloons in her uh, parents' bedroom. Uh oh. And I think her mom or something like that was like, "No, those are those are daddies or something like that." And and she didn't understand why why uh, she couldn't play with the the balloons. And then she found, and when she realized it later in life, she was just like, "Ah!" <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So there's some Myra. So. There you go. All right. Well, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Stay dangerous. Every day. Caca. Ooh. There's a caca variation. Yeah. That was unique. A unique caca. We love you, Christopher Battles. Christopher Battles, the one and only. The one and only. That's hilarious. Extra famous Christopher Battles. Um, God, yeah. You'd probably, I don't know. A condom might make a better balloon (laughs) than these balloons. Yeah. And they're super tough. They're a lot tougher. They're a lot more uh, sturdy. Rigid. And um, maybe ribbed. When I got to freshman orientation in college, so much more extreme. Because, like, I don't know. I think in freshman health class, they talked about what a condom was. But, like, nobody rolled it over a fucking banana or anything, you know? like Yeah. But when we got to college, freshman orientation, there was one segment of it that was like, oh, Wear a condom, always wear a condom. Some people claim they're too big to fit in a condom. And then they had this, like, um, I don't know. He was, like, a bluffy gay dude. But I mean, like, uh, buff but fluffy. Okay. I was going to ask for a definition on that word. (laughs) Because he was, like, it was, like, I don't know. He looked like he used to work out in high school, like, a hell of a lot. And now he just kind of keeps the, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know the guys I'm talking about? They, like, they still have the arms that are too big for them, but they, like, uh, not as toned and like uh, veined out and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, it's a guy like that, right? And he comes That's out. That's your he, teacher? Well, this was during orientation. So okay, it's put sorry. on by like student services or like whatever. It's like upperclassmen doing this, right? Okay. So he comes out, steps center stage, takes a power stance with feet like wider than shoulder width apart, rips open a Trojan condom. They're like, this is a standardized Trojan condom. And then he like, Wraps it over his fist and pulls it all the way down to his elbow. And it's like, uh, and it's like, and they were like, so no, you don't break the condom. Your dick doesn't break the condom, <laughs> you know? And just like showing everybody that look, uh, this beefcake guy will stretch a whole condom from his knuckles down to his elbow with no uh, issues, which there was no issues. It stretched. We were nice. just like, whoa, <laughs> this is probably why they separate the, uh, students and parents, uh, for orientation, yeah. which, which they do, by the way. That was high school orientation? College. College. I was going to say. Mizzou. Yeah. I was going to say, I saw the same thing at Mizzou. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you they go. Just thought, oh, this is so stupid. There you <laughs> but go. But hey, whatever. The I only guess, part of the whole fucking uh, I presentation re- I remembered. So there was that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was memorable for sure. And mm. if hey, if you hadn't seen one or heard anything about safe sex at that point i guess it's a good time to learn when you're yeah. gonna be on your own what if you want to stay dangerous gotta know. well then you just gotta work on your pull-up game and if you're a lady you have to trust the man's pull-up game my pull-up game is incredible yeah. it worked until we were like hey let's have a baby yeah and then that worked and then we've stayed dangerous ever since well it's worked with a little gap you know there's a little gap between kids so we're pulling out i don't really remember that but oh yeah i guess yeah and then the gap Between the middle away. ones. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
You just got to, uh, you got to know when to. I just want to bang out all the kids in a row, you know? You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just get them over with. Get them all Yeah, cre- and get as created. many created as possible. <laughs> Take it to the limit. Yeah. Why not? Got to save up for that school bus or <laughs> whatever we're going to drive. <laughs> uh. School bus seems a probe. Probes, Yeah. You know what's funny, though? You started talking about a bluffy guy with the condom on his arm, and it reminded me of my health teacher. Because he was a bluffy older dude, like clearly had played football in maybe college or something. Yeah. And now is just an old guy. Not old, like but in his 50s. Big frame that just had kind of gone into disrepair. Yeah. Fluffy, but big. Yeah. And uh, all I really remember from health like a class. a soft outer layer on it. Didn't talk much about sex in our health class. He talked a lot about nutrition poorly. Watched, you know, supersize me in those things. Um, but he, the most memorable lesson was his, like why you shouldn't buy powdered drugs. And he had a big old mixing bowl and he just threw like flat. He's like, this is the cocaine and took like a little white baggie and put some in there. And he's like, now look what I'm going to do to maximize my profits and get as much money for this shit as I can. He started pouring flour in. He had glue he put in there everything white just anything white powdered sugar regular sugar and then we all had to take turns putting stuff in the mixing bowl and mixing it together and he's like yeah don't you want to snort that (laughs) no but then i was like hey this is why we should have test kits to see the purity of our drugs huh jesus yeah and i it i hadn't even thought about stepping on drugs until then but hey freshman year i found out they teach you all (laughs) the kinds of stuff including how to step i guess on drugs yeah, maximize your profits. Yeah. <laughs> well, this next caller surely maximized his profit. Uh, it's funny because I got you guys' uh, boulders in my phone. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, I said call bowl after bowl. And uh, what did it? Oh, God damn it. Oh, gold. <laughs> it said calling golden bowl carryout. <laughs> oh. like, like Chinese food place or something. Nice. It's kind of funny. The Golden Bowl. Light anyway, it up. The uh, first time that I uh, saw a condom, uh, I actually, it was a place called Perry Drugs here. It was a chain, I think, just around here. Uh, but they had a bunch of stores and they were kind of like, uh, had a little bit of everything going on. Uh, kind of like, I mean, like, because, like, drugstores for a long time, they just had uh, basically medical stuff, and that was it when I was a kid, uh, when I was real young. But uh, Perry's was the first one around here that started carrying all the crap, like CVF carries and that, uh, or, or uh, Rite Aid or uh, whatever, Walgreens and whatever. But uh, anyways, we would ride up there in the summertime. And my cousin got me to ask uh, if I could buy those the one time when I was like, I don't know, seven or eight years old. And the guy behind the counter said, do you know what those are? <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> and he kind of expl- told me what they were, but I didn't know what it what it even meant. And I remember yeah. going outside, my cousin was out there just like dying laughing. Uh, so and then I asked him you know, what it was. And he explained it to me at the time, but I never really, probably wasn't until I was like 12 that I realized what he had done. Oh my God. Uh, just because I really didn't know what, what uh, what's a wiener what they were talking about so much uh, at that age. It wasn't until later on that I kind of comprehended what it was. Yeah. But yeah. 
the first time I've ever seen a condom, at least a package. Not not the physical condom itself, but just the packaging for it. And I I want to say it had a picture on the on the outside of the of, of a condom. <laughs> but yeah, they were like uh, little traffic back down on like almost the floor shelf behind the uh, uh, the checkout. Which would, uh, the checkouts back then they used to be right in front of the pharmacist, which is kind of kind of weird. Uh, but that's how it was back in the day. They like you know when you're checking out the pharmacist was right there. Uh, anyways, in the bowl, in the bowl, in the bowl. Ned, Ned, cheers, man. Now they're just out in the open. Yeah, the condoms. It's like adult diapers, tampons, ah, oh, condoms, and lube. Well, yeah, you gotta have lube with the condoms. The so one time lube comes in very handy. I mean, there's maybe other times it comes in handy, but like with the condom, you need the lube. Yeah. After the fourth pump, it just gets a little frictiony. Yeah, they haven't corrected that issue yet. No, I mean they come. They supposedly come pre-lubricated, but it's never really enough, is it? No. Never really enough. Never really enough until you get a call from this next caller. Mm. First time I ever saw a condom. Hmm. <laughs> oh, hey, in the bowl. Hey, oh, hey. Bowlerinas, bowleritos. It's been turning on. You're sounding wonderful. As oh, well, thank you, Mr. Fletcher. Thank you. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, the condom thing. Um, hmm. I guess the first time I saw one was uh, the first time I tried, you know, Finding an egg, get that, get that, you know, rubber of the condom got bounced back in. Mm-hmm. It was rough. Eventually made it through, though. Damn. I think the second time I found the condom was in elementary school, way back in the day before the school I had attended uh, put up a fence around the playground. They didn't care back then in the early 90s. Yeah. And so... Less to worry uh, about. Yeah, you could just wander out into the woods around the playground, and we did. And <laughs> yeah. uh, back there, there was like a couple of milk crates people were apparently sitting on, and some empty forty-ounce uh, bottles of various malt liquors, um, uh, an empty used syringe, uh, among some other things, cigarette butts, empty cigarette boxes. And yeah, a couple of used condoms. Ooh, dirty jimmies. None of us knew what the, well, we didn't know why the needle was out there. <laughs> we didn't know uh, what the hell the condom was. <laughs> Sketch balls. Other than possibly, you know, a really fun party involving big bottles of alcohol, cigarettes, and balloon animals. That's <laughs> all we could figure. Um... But fortunately, I don't recall studying the condom very intently, or Good else call. I probably would have seen the content. Ooh. 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 Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Pretty gross. Nasty. Hope you guys have a great night. And uh, I hope your stick is doing okay. <laughs> yeah, it sticks great. And um, <laughs> I love you guys. And talk to you soon. Yeah. Love you, miss you, hug you, squeeze you, bye. Oh, Fletchy. We love and miss you, too. Yeah, gotta get together soon. Yep. Thanks for the ring-a-ling-a-ding-a-stick. <laughs> uh, 
this next caller, I bet he's just getting off work. He's usually on Tuesday night uh, getting off work, feeling good like he should. Hey, Pete Bowlers, wrapping up at work. Hopefully it's not too noisy. Uh, I knew it. sounds of exhaust fans running. This is Laren. Uh, but up, yeah, I wanted to on the first time I saw a genie hat. Wrap it up before you stick it up. Hey. Gotta wrap the monkey. Um, yeah, man, probably in, uh, about 11 years old, neighborhood pool, had a, uh, uh, tennis court in a nearby small little parking lot. Uh, me and some of the neighborhood homies on our BMX bikes cruising around. Nice. Uh, kind of early one morning. We're up in the parking lot by the neighborhood pool. One that stopped over in the corner and is just staring. We're like, yo, dude, what's, uh, what you see? He starts laughing. We go rolling over there. He's calling him on the parking lot. Someone, uh, grabs a stick, kind of starts poking at it like it's a dead squirrel or something like that. You know, a bunch of immature kids, <laughs> you know, picking up the condom with a stick. Oh, don't touch it. <laughs> but, uh, then after that, you know, uh, the bowling alley in town, they had a uh, condom dispenser in the men's bathroom. It was always fun. Yeah. You know, got throwing your uh, 75 sink waters. Uh, get a little glow-in-the-dark condom and stuff out of it because, you know, that's what you do when you're a 13-year-old. Sure. And, uh, yeah, the sex ed class is one of the best things I'd ever seen. Uh, they would separate out the boys and girls during uh, a particular time in sex ed. And the teacher would bring in a watermelon and open up a condom and slide it over a watermelon and tell the girls, if he ever says he's too big, that is a lie. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are some fun memories. Uh, pardon the background noise. No I worries. wanted to say hi. Yeah. In the bowl, everybody. Take care. Beer's brewing. Peace. Woo. Peace. Yeah, brew them beers. Hell yeah. That's what's up. Thanks, Laren. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. Good calls tonight. Good calls. Good condoms. Seeing that Ruba. I have the... Uh, the list of F-tie potential? Yeah, it looks like a zebra because there's so many that are crossed out that we've done. Oh, that's cool. Saw a condom. Now it gets crossed off. And uh, did we uh, did we ever get C-Mikes down? Remember C-Mike had one? I do not know. Let's see... You are uh, the keeper of the list. We have somebody said that uh, that was the first time they ever bought something physical with Bitcoin. Well, that's a cool one. When we were discussing the uh, the hat, the boost hat. That's right. And I believe it wasn't it C Brooklyn who bought one. I thought it was Harf Hat. Oh, maybe it was Harf Hat. Actually, yes, that sounds more righter. Hat, Harv Hat. Harv Hat needs a hat. I mean, come on. Harv Hat's getting a hat. Uh, yeah. Get that fountain hat. It's a nice hat. I like it. Yeah. Ah, uh, it was Harv hat. He hasn't got it yet. It takes, uh, I think mine took like a week and maybe a couple days more than a week, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, you've been getting lots of compliments on that hat wearing it about. It's, an, it's a nice one. I get a couple like dirt smudges on the bill, so now I have to... Womp womp. It begins, bro. I can't keep anything nice because I go and romp around in the... Because you live life to the in fullest. In the woods. Yeah. <laughs> and I still wear my boost hat for some dumbass reason. But uh, that's just how into the boost I am, man. Wearing the boost hat everywhere, even though nobody knows what the hell it means. I tell them what it means. Striking people with lightning. I go up and boost them right in the face. Say, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see. We had uh, 
so yeah, we had first time ever bought something physical with Bitcoin. Arv had suggested. We had uh, oh, first time I ever got fired. First time I ever had phone sex. Uh, first time I ever won first prize at something. I think Fletcher came up with that one a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. Uh, first time I ever had a fucked up roommate. I don't know. What do you? Anything jumping off here? First time I ever won first prize, first place. Okay, first time I ever won first prize at something. First place is something. There we go. That'll be the next week's F tie. And uh, Lorian will even uh, update the thing right now. People need the thing updated. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do that if I can. Get all jitty if the thing's not updated. I'm pretty bad at that. I think we... I'm on it. Oh, Harfet also <laughs> suggested the fucked up roommate. Or you were the fucked up roommate. Is that what you mean? Uh-oh. Like you were the fucked up roommate somebody else had. I bet somebody would see me as the fucked up roommate they had. Oh, yeah. I know someone sees me as the fucked up roommate they had. <laughs> and I see them as the fucked up roommate I had, so, you know. Uh, oh, me, oh, my. Perspective. Well, we'll get to the roommate one maybe the week following, because that sounds like people have a lot to say about it in the chat. Oh, yeah. But first, you want to hear about the first time you ever won first place. That's right. That's something. Yeah, give us a text or a ring, 816-607-3663. Let us know. And uh, together, we'll have a great great goddamn time but for now ah, fuck it dude let's go bowling let's go bowling yeah there let's... was some magic number spillover because the texas coast guard had to rescue 33 people aboard an adrift dolphin sightseeing vessel off the coast of galveston last saturday A little rescue strike nice yeah captain had to call baywatch and say hey i've uh lost all steering capability and we are near a very high traffic area sea wolf park then, Which I thought uh, had a cool name. Baywatch came running up to rescue. Did you see her breasts? Oh, the Coast Guard was out and about in the area and just made a swing by and uh, brought everyone to shore. I just hope that they got to see some dolphins while they were floating out there. Yeah, you gotta see the dolphins. They didn't Let even tell us. Like. Didn't even tell us, the lame reader, if they saw any dolphins. Man. Could have gone swimming with dolphins even. Look, they look so good. Some dolphins, they look great. Yeah, most of the time. I don't really want to swim with them, though. I'm not into that, because I'm not into swimming. I'm also not into wild animals wandering through dog doors. No, I don't Which we like just heard a story about from Sir Bemrose. That's right. He punched a raccoon in the face. Yeah. Well, this time, a California family saw on their security footage that a coyote entered their house through a dog door. Uh-oh. Yeah. And then their dogs went nuts and chased it off. They said that it had happened before with a rat wandering in through their dog door, so they didn't really think much of it until, I don't know, they decided to check their cameras for some reason. We're like, holy shit, that's a coyote. Damn. Yeah. So a few days later, after this attack, I mean, after this intrusion, there was an attack. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, a neighborhood dog was attacked by a coyote. I consider so. it an invasion. Yeah, an invasion and an attack. But uh, they didn't say if it was the same coyote or if they have any reason to believe it was. They just were like, fun fact, coyote attack happened a few days later to a dog in the same neighborhood. I am a coyote. I'm a coyote. Yeah. Well, this man might be because he just got his high school diploma at the tender age of 78. Whoa. Yeah. Never too late, even if you're 78. That's right, yeah. Well, what happened was, <laughs> what had happened was, this man, 
Ted Sams of California, got in trouble his senior year and was suspended for five days before the end of the school year. This was in circa 1962. Good Lord. So he missed a final exam and he had to make it up over the summer. And he did. And then was already frustrated with the whole schooling experience because of that. So then he gets a notice that he's not going to get his diploma because he owed money for a book, a whopping $4.80. And he was just so frustrated, he walked away and forgot about it. Wow. Well, come to find out, his original diploma was still locked away in an old filing cabinet. So I'm not sure how, but someone paid off his debt for him, and he actually crossed the stage at graduation with these kids. (laughs) This past weekend to get that diploma from 1962. You said it was $4.80? Yeah, in 1962. Because that's that's nothing to sneeze at. According to the inflation calendar, uh, today's equivalent would be $29.20. Because the cumulative rate of inflation since then is uh, 2,820%. Jesus. Louise, Papa Cheese. Oh, my. From 62 to 22. That's disgusting. Money printer go brrrr. Uh, 60 years of printing money does wonders for your dollar. Mm-hmm. Now, I was like, oh, I wonder if he was the oldest person to receive their diploma. Nope. Nope. Or else the article would have said that, I guess. But they didn't mention who the oldest person was, so I was curious, and I looked it up. Her name was Leela Burden. She was 111 years old Holy when she was given shit. an honorary high school diploma. What? What? Yeah. Didn't even say why. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. just felt bad for her, gave her one. I don't know. They're like, you're 111. You don't have Damn, a. Damn, you're still alive. Here, have a diploma. <laughs> you have a diploma. From a high school. Yeah. Maybe you can get a job now. Maybe at the tender age of 111. Quit bombing around. Sitting in chairs and shit. <laughs> Shitting in bed, maybe. Hopefully not, though. No, fingers crossed. Oof, 111. Hope I can get up to go potty, so. Um, yes. Ugh, I just said potty. I don't this have is any I hopes have for 111. Little ones. <laughs> no, no, I'm not holding my breath to get that far, but, you know. Yeah, sitting in chair sounds pretty good, though. Anyway, the USPS misrouted the crema- cremated remains of a woman's father, which were supposed to go from New York to Ohio. Just a little hop, skip, and a jump, right? wrong because he ended up in wisconsin oh jeez. then i'd go back to new york and then to ohio and um the post office has a box for cremated remains and it says cremated remains in large orange capital letters i've seen these boxes before <laughs> wow and they are guaranteed delivery in two days but no, no. daddy didn't make it in two days he made it like a few days after two days. It didn't actually say. But on the afternoon that... Two plus a few. Two plus a few. On the afternoon he was delivered to his daughter in Ohio, uh, the regular post carrier was away. And she had a good relationship with that person. So, you know, he was expecting it. And probably would have seen read the box and been like, oh, okay. This dude... Uh-oh. Or dudette carries the box upside down and just throws it on the porch. So I imagine daddy got scattered around the box, which is kind of fucked up, you know? Yeah. Some basic reading would go pretty far here. When you open up the remains, first of of all, first of all, do they have to be mailed? Can't you pick them up somewhere? Well. I think that's what I would do. I would prefer that, but like I said. Even if I got to fly somewhere, 
Yeah. I think I'd I think I would probably have to pick Liz up in person. Yeah, I agree. And I am Because the male God bless them, whatever, you know, there's plenty of good male people, but whatever, but... They're federal employees. Ma- a lot of them are retarded. A lot of people are retarded, yeah. Exactly. But there's plenty of tards living but kick-ass if, lives. I think you got your uh, <laughs> higher-than-average tard, uh, in general, working over at the post office. I think so. It's sad to say. Just from, uh, you know, just from my own anecdotal experience. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. And there's a lot of substitutes that come up to your door or just throw things at your door but that's another thing is i just expect my boxes to be abused when i bring them to the post office through usps and fedex it doesn't even matter i expect my box to be abused and that's why i pretty much package things very carefully yeah okay now this was her uncle who mailed the father to the daughter. Okay. All bad decisions. Yeah. And I believe the dad died in New York and the uncle lived there too. And so his memorial service was held in New York. And unfortunately, she didn't attend. You know, because that would have been the best. Is, okay, I'll right. attend and drive home or fly home with dad. Sure, sure. But something happened, you know, okay, and yeah. he gets mailed. And you can't trust circumstances, yeah. the USPS to do a good job and hit the guaranteed delivery date. Yeah. You just can't. It's the government, you know. Yeah, they can't, can't fucking rely shit. on them. No way. And so the only shining light here in this story is that a USPS representative did get in touch with a daughter um, after she received the remains and was just like, hey, I'd like to talk to you. And she hasn't had that conversation yet. But I can tell you that the USPS does not do money back. Like, they can just fuck shit up and be like, oh, you know what? We're under some really strict, we have some bad staffing issues. There was a holiday. You know, they have plenty sure. of excuses that they'll pay you with, but never will they reimburse you for missing packages, in, even the insured ones. Yeah. I've had some shit go awry with that. You don't get your money back. They're just like, oh, sorry. Well, damn. What's the point then? Well, their priority mail is just automatically insured for up to 50 bucks. Oh, I but see. then it's like, what does it mean? Nothing. Yeah, what does it mean? So we'll see. I hope there's a follow-up story where she's like, hey, they did pay my uncle back for the price of shipping. Because that seems fair. You should get your money back if it doesn't hit the delivery date. Yeah, that's what a guarantee is for, right? You would think. But uh, words don't mean things when it yeah. comes to the federal government. You could be right there. Or you most governments. Point. Yeah. And all, reading is hard for people, so. All I know is the first thing uh, when you open the box of dad's ashes is you you don't want to just be sneezing. No. Right off the bat. Yeah. That's all. That's all. Simple as. That would be bad and sad because dad would be all over the place. <laughs> yes. Big old bummer. Yeah. Hey, if I uh, if I die, I'm down to be cremated, but pick me up in person, please. Yeah. No worries Thanks. there. For my kids listening, 110 years from now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Good oh, well, hopefully I'll be gone then. Maybe. Unless your consciousness is uploaded to the machine. Ooh. Hey, uh, I was surprised to see this story pop up again this week. You remember when the FBI went searching for some fabled gold northeast of Pittsburgh at yeah. Dent's Run? Legend has it that an 1863 shipment of Union gold was either lost or stolen on its way to the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. And we've talked about this because I was like, man... Join the FBI. Go treasure hunting. I didn't know that was part of the job. That's cool. Originally, we discussed this 
coincidentally, on episode 69, some oh, holy course. somebody of yep. Bowl After Bowl. Uh, then again on Bowl After Bowl episode 90, Jimmy Gemini's. And then again on episode 127, what about the bowlers? Those are all the episode titles. Uh, <laughs> and so this story is back because they finally got some documents that they requested. Finders Keepers, the father-son duo of treasure hunters that has been researching this place to go dig up the gold themselves. Or they were tracking down this fabled lost gold. And you know, all of their research was pointing to Dent's run. Well, the documents that have been revealed so far, released to the public, I guess revealed might be a poor word choice, um, but they show that the FBI commissioned a scientific analysis to be performed before they went digging, which came back suggesting that a huge quantity of gold could be below the surface. Uh, it was a geophysical consulting firm called EnviroScan that performed a microgravity test at the site. And it hinted that this underground object had a mass of up to nine tons and a density consistent with gold. Oh, so they boy. used this information to obtain a warrant to seize the gold. And as you may recall, they were like, oh, this is cultural preservation. Sure. You know, we need to preserve a historical site or something as a historical site. Well, the AP that came out with this story talked to a professor, a geophysics professor at the University of Reno, Nevada, that said the methods were on this, uh, you know, scan performed, the scientific analysis, the methods were good, but the subsurface gravity anomaly did not definitively establish the presence of gold, which I think is good to, uh, good to know. Sure. Yeah. It's like, okay, so maybe, maybe not. Because, of course, the FBI claims there was no gold there at the end of the day. Right. They dug this they place dug up. They dug it all up, and then they didn't find They gold. had the treasure hunters in the car because they had corroborated with them to, uh -huh. like, nail down the spot because they've been researching it for years and years. And then they just kept them in a car far away and were like, oh, we didn't find anything two days later. Claimed the dig was a bust. So, you know, and I hate to say shame on you, but shame on you for leading the feds to a potential treasure site. There it is. And expecting a finder's fee and not to be double-crossed by federal agents. I mean, come on. But here we are. Here we are indeed. So, you know, they release all these documents. And I haven't read through them all uh, because I got very frustrated within the first PDF file of 200 plus pages where the same article was scanned from a newspaper four times facing different ways. Landscape, portrait. Back to landscape. Words chopped off. Like, don't they charge per page scanned when you have to request documents? Yes. It makes you sick that they're doing this shit. It's like, hey, a little uh, going through. No, they just want to get their money. Well, yeah. you know, once you don't find gold in the woods, then you got to milk the taxpayer for the copies <laughs> mm -hmm. of yeah. the paperwork. Yeah, allegedly don't find gold in the woods. Yeah, we swear there was no gold there. So, you know, finders keepers, This, the father-son duo of treasure hunters, um, they did successfully sue the Justice Department for these records after being stonewalled consistently by the FBI. Um, and I have a link to the FBI website where the records are posted if you want to go check them out for yourself. But <laughs> there was a strange paragraph in here, a report. And it's only it claims to be a report, but it's just a paragraph um, filed exactly a year to the day of the dig after 
And this was just after Finders Keepers had started asking for records. This report <laughs> just clearly states, quote, no metals, items, and or other relevant materials were found. Due to pri- other priority work, the FBI will close the caption case. And that's it. Strangely short for a federal report. Yeah. And also the timing is a little suspicious. It's a CYA report. Yeah. Um, so then there's a thousand mostly irrelevant grainy photos included. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, you know, they're supposed to take pictures of every step of their process of this investigation, of course, you know, but it's mostly like trees and pathways, which I guess they could say, hey, this was what it looked like walking out to the fabled cash site or something. Um, but there is reports from residents that they heard a backhoe and jackhammer overnight between the first and second days of the dig when work was supposed to be paused. And that's really got the treasure hunters worked up because the FBI claims only the only nighttime activity going down were ATV patrols by FBI and police personnel who secured the site. And, um, well, you can trust them. They're the FBI. Yeah. Another thing is several weeks before the excavation, uh, there's a record in here that shows an agent with the art crime team, approaching Wells Fargo to ask whether it shipped gold by stagecoach for the U.S. Mint in 1863. So, you know, clearly they're interested in this. And the Wells Fargo historians turned up no evidence but said records from that era are incomplete. And historians who are working with the treasure hunters said, oh, that's because they asked for a stagecoach and it was most likely just a wagon. So semantics and searching for records could come into play here. I see. Um, But... There's more releases to be expected over the coming months. Oh. So. Joy, joy. We'll get to hear about it again and again and probably never find out into this gold. But it is an interesting story. Definitely. Yeah, I like gold. I like gold. Those guys will have to change their name. Finders keepers. Not if you uh, call the feds on yourself. Yeah. That's. Goes back to just never call them. Never call anyone on yourself. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness forgiveness later, right? Like, Maybe. Or just yeah, don't tell anyone. Or better yet, just don't get... Just yeah. find treasure. And then shut the fuck and shut up. shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, another repeat story coming up. Or not repeat, but just a conclusion to a story sure. we've another discussed on episode 100 of Bull After Bull, entitled, I Got Zapped Off. 329 years later... Sadly, they didn't wait four more years to get the big old 333. The last Salem witch who wasn't pardoned is now. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Because she's not dead and gone and, yeah. you know, whatever. Over three centuries later, I mean, yeah, you know. Better late than never, right? Very relevant and, uh, yeah, necessary, <laughs> well, I they, say. They, if you read the article, which I didn't take copious notes on their propaganda talking points or anything but they do tie this all back to women's rights sure of course yeah, you know so they not? make it timely yeah. and topical yeah they we force are it. Uh, yeah they we're, force it up your ass we're helping we yes. are helping we did a good we did a good thing but for just the objective facts of the case here if you believe history and whatever <laughs> i mean <laughs> based on the history books i guess that have been written since the salem witch trials oh yeah Elizabeth Johnson Jr. was 22 when she was accused of being a witch, but um, she was 
originally sentenced to hang, but then Governor William Phipps threw out her punishment, and I'm not going to say a reason why, because I don't know. Allegedly. She cast a spell on the dude. Oh, yeah. See, I like that. I like that. And now she wasn't officially pardoned like the others because her punishment had been thrown out. And so when all this uh, later in history pardoning of witches went down, you know, mm-hmm. it was because, oh, we killed all these people off a of hearsay. Yeah, and people definitely don't get in trouble over hearsay today. <laughs> right, we fixed it. But anyways, yeah, and this I was reading this and they're, you know, forcing these the finger wag rights, you know, all these issues of today down my throat and I'm gagging over it. And I'm thinking, yeah, but aren't you supposed to believe all women? Like the women that walked into the courthouse and accused these other women of making them cold <laughs> and cursing them. It sucks when uh, women are on both sides of, you know, yeah. when there are conflicting uh, reports from the women, then, then who do you believe? Mm. I guess the women. All women, actually. Yeah. Yes. Witches and non-witches alike. I believe them anyway. I mean, <laughs> I'm a good person, so. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, Elizabeth Johnson Jr., her mom was also a suspect here who had her conviction uh, reversed and was cleared in legislation. But uh, they point out that this last witch, finally pardoned, um, never had children and thus had no descendants to act on her behalf, which is why she just never got a pardon and no one ever bothered for her. But you know how they pass, they push this legislation through? They tacked it onto the budget bill, of course. Oh, perfect. And so then it was just That's approved That's the way there. to get it done, yeah. Yeah, get her done. Get her pardoned. 329 years later, when it really matters. Eh, I don't know. God, I think what a fucking exercise in futility. Ugh, just the mental gymnastics everywhere these so days. So the the charges got thrown out, but then she was pardoned for for no her she just was not hanged. Oh right, you know? the sentence was thrown out. Yes, the sentence was thrown out, and then she lived her days as a uh, as a witch, and then she died, and now she's been pardoned of being accused of being a witch. It's interesting. I don't know how like the pardon works. Like, I you... feel like if you were a witch, the witch's curse, you would kind of want that legacy living on, right? Like, no bitches, I was a witch. Well, if you're pardoned, it doesn't necessarily mean you didn't do it or you aren't a witch or whatever. It just yeah, means you're true. pardoned. It just means the... Yeah, but when you're not sentenced, does it even make sense to be pardoned? Like, I don't you're pardoned know. of an accuser. I mean, a pardon, a, a, a three-plus century later pardon is a Already formality anyway. So hilarious. Yeah. Like, does it affect this or that, or does it matter at all? Like, no. Not at all. It's a big who gives a fuck at the end. Yeah. Seriously. But uh, this is why uh, government's important. You know, we got to keep them funded. We got to keep them. Uh, we got to pardon the dead. Yeah, you got to go vote to vote good people in so that we can pardon 350 year old years in the we, ground fucking witches, I guess. We can shit on the dead, accuse them of things we didn't have the balls to when they were alive, or pardon them. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you want. Yeah, you know, just respect the dead <laughs> in whatever way you find fitting. It's all fair game. Uh, well, anyways. An Ohio deputy this week encountered a drunk Amish man slumped over in a moving buggy. And so a low-speed police chase ensued. Right around 2.43 a.m. Oh, perfect time. Yeah. Nathan was his name. He had a Bud Light can (laughs) sitting next to him in the buggy. So uh, this cop, you know, put on their sirens, tried to pull him over. Nothing. Nothing. 
And they were responding to 911 calls coming from people saying that there was a buggy all over the road. Uh-oh. So uh, finally, the deputy blocked the buggy with their vehicle, but the buggy hit the cruiser. So I'm sure that will be a fine or a misdemeanor or something. Yeah. Right? Because it's like assault. Assault in a police officer vehicle or something. Yeah. yeah surely. Yeah. Surely. Attempted manslaughter vehicle or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they performed a breathalyzer test on Nathan, and it registered 0.063%, which I'm like, that's under the... BAC limit, but apparently state by state, county by county, got their own limits. Oh, bullshit. So he was arrested and charged with operating a vehicle while under the influence. I just feel bad for the Amish that they have to live surrounded by idiots like us, yeah. You gotta blow it with a breath light. I mean, that uh, violation. That violates. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. But dudes, you know, just woke up. They took advantage of him. (laughs) Well, We need to fight for the Amish rights. A bit (laughs) <laughs> Bit of a sticky situation, I suppose. Where are the rights for our Amish? Oh, man. You shouldn't have... S- screw them. <laughs> Bud Light, man. That was your first mistake. <laughs> ah, it's all bad. It's all bad. Anyways. Kind of like this next story. Pretty bad. Remote-controlled crab-like robot is the smallest ever, a university says. Oh, Smaller great. than a flea. Half a millimeter in size. It can bend, twist, crawl, walk, turn, and even jump. And it does look just like a crab. It was created by engineers at Northwestern University in Illinois. Can it crawl inside the human anus undetected? Yes. I'm sure it could. Then we've got some real uh, trouble on our hands, I think. Yeah. And of course, you know, they say, oh, this is great for, you know, uh, fixing computer issues. The little dude can just bug around in there and and do some tweaks, I guess. Tweak out. (laughs) Or uh, helping with surgeries, you know, making smaller incisions and sending a crab in to do a surgeon's work. I'm sure that'll work just fine. Seems good. Didn't say nothing about its little hands. I mean, walking, jumping, twisting, turning. That doesn't... I don't know how that will work. If you put a camera on him, I guess he could be your little camera. So you don't need tubes and scopes and stuff. I'm skeptical. I can tell, yeah. I just don't like seeing little crabs and knowing that they plan to put them inside of people's bodies. It grosses me out and makes me uncomfortable. Seems a little uh, sketch for and sure. as always, they just put college students to work to do and create these things. You yeah. know, because they got nothing but time on their hands and grades at stake. And then take the credit themselves. Yeah, it's a great uh, resume pattern. Oh, I see you just graduated. So do you have any relevant experience? Why, yes, I created the smallest robot on Earth. I have created the robotic crabs that are in your ass right now. Crawling exactly. Around. You will give me this job. You will give me this job. The crabs <laughs> compel you. <laughs> uh, sp- so am I hired or do I need to go get more crabs? Because there's more crabs back at the lab. <laughs> we have an army of crabs. Crab like Crab people. It's a matter of how many crabs. We'll just, you know, just say the number. We'll get the crabs. Yeah. But leave Sammy the crab in the lab, man, because he's drunk off his ass and mad. Mm. Mad crab. Anyway, speaking of mad, a man disguised himself as an old lady in a wheelchair and went into the Louvre just to smear cream on the glass that protects the Mona Lisa and shout about the planet Earth. (laughs) Did you see this? Fucking base. (laughs) No. Uh, no, I didn't see this. <laughs> I, you know, people were saying it's a, a stunt for one political reason or the other. And I decided to just pull the quote out of what the young man said while he was being dragged off by a guard. Just a his, f- 
Frenchman out of his mind, right? Uh, aren't all the French? No, but most of them. Hey, think about that chef in The Little Mermaid, okay? Disney oh, yeah. taught me that French people are out of their fucking gourds. <laughs> Anyways, dude said, think of the earth. There are people who are destroying the earth. Think about it. Artists tell you, think of the earth. That's why I did this. There you go. Yeah. I think about the earth all the time and how I like walking outside and wildlife is cool and chickens are awesome and yeah. my dogs are all right most of the time. <laughs> yeah. It's cool that they're always excited to see you, but... They're great. They just should have a job, you know, and they're so little. Anyways, I need to put backpacks on them. But the earth, man, you got to think about it. And so him smearing cream on the glass that protects the Mona Lisa made us all think of the earth here for a moment. Cream. So we talking like... Uh, like shaving cream. Burn cream, shaving cream. Because it was white okay. and thick. Yeah. Kind of marshmallowy looking, like real white. Not translucent at all. I'm guessing marshmallow it's shaving cream. cream. Is there such a thing? Marshmallow fluff? Yeah, like marshmallow Oh, cream. like, f- yeah, fluff, man. It could have been fluff, I guess, but... He could have taken apart, like, 40 Oreos, used that cream. Yeah. It cream, was, cream of wheat, cream that, of mushroom, I mean... Cream of chicken. You've got a lot of creams to cream choose Cream of from. penis, but, <laughs> you know, cream of pants. <laughs> like I'm saying, it was just so white. That would be, you'd, there's probably something wrong if that was the case. But hey, I didn't know that the Mona Lisa was put behind glass. First of all, because I've never oh, seen yeah, it in definitely. person. It does make sense. but I've never seen it either, but I knew that. It was damaged. In an acid attack in the 1950s by a vandal. And that's why they put the glass up. They're like, we can't let this happen again. Yeah, people are crazy, man. Narrow escape. Yeah, but there's so much art that's not behind glass. Oh, you're a famous Uh, painting? Fuck you! Yeah, listen to me. Think about the earth. The artists say think about the earth, and now you're looking at art, so you gotta think about it too. Anyways, C-Dub says upgrade your dogs, and yeah, once these guys are gone, I do plan to. Just have one dog that's awesome. <laughs> and maybe a little bigger. Yeah, they're nice lap dogs. Except for Lucy. Because she's slightly bigger than a lap dog. Anyways, love my dogs. Final story for the lanes tonight. Nevada Highway Patrol officer is suing Starbucks. Oh. Because he alleges he was served iced coffee with meth in it. Come on, man. Someone pay, some people pay extra for that. See, a lot extra, yeah. The 32-year-old trooper became sick after taking two to three sips, and then his symptoms worsened over the next couple hours, including burning sensations throughout the body, an Ouch. upset stomach, and shooting pain to the head. The burning symptoms lasted two fucking weeks. So he thinks he was targeted because he ordered in uniform and drove through the drive through in his little highway patrol trooper vehicle, maybe a Dodge Charger, with lights on it. One of those old, it's for a cop specials. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah, said he was a regular, bullshit. though, which kind of pisses me off. It's like, really? It's bullshit to do anything to anyone's food. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's Hitler coming through your oh. drive through Don't fuck with people's food. No, absolutely not. Yeah, that's fucked up and wrong. But also, you know, it's just, it's quite an allegation to make that it was meth. True. And I want to yeah. see some evidence and testing. And like, Agreed. I was also thinking, man, you know, Starbucks isn't good for you. It's a lot of sugar and shit. And well, heartburn know, is a bitch. Two weeks later on some meth, it's, I don't know about all and that. Two weeks of anything, I'm curious to know what the fuck went down Correct. with this dude's anatomy. Yeah. Like, that's bad. 
whatever yeah. happened to him. He got sick for sure if it was two weeks of burning symptoms. Um, but he uh, has this lawsuit, and it outlines eight counts seeking damages, and emotional damage was also <laughs> listed there, um, but damages in excess of $15,000 hairs. Whoa. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I'll, uh, I'll keep my eyes peeled for that story to pop back up in a few months, a few years maybe. You never know when it comes to the justice i'm sure we'll get an update some bowl later speaking of getting an update we're gonna get an update from uh, illuminati on friday night Woo-hoo! see how the first birthday went over there on the left coast and recap ours so that'll be fun uh look forward to that maybe around like nine ish central time yeah on friday night and of course, every Tuesday night after DH Unplugged on the No Agenda stream, on the Bowl After Bowl stream, we will be here bowling for you. And I will be doing so as Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be back next time as Dame DeLorean. In the meantime, Mayor Bowls burn ever brighter. smoking some weed i'm being baked i'm being baked like a cake spark one up spark one up bowl after bowl dot